Blog Talk Radio. Use the 
heaven What else in hell Can you get an open line to heaven At 11-11 Emerge at the other end Of those meditation portals And elevated walk tools Even some abort tools Any questions, comments or concerns Press one To everyone else Thanks for attending another session I'm pleased to teach but it's an honor to learn Certainly Courtesy of KTL University Oh please don't be frightened I'm terribly sorry about this You are Peace to you and yours. Peace to you and yours. This is Know the Ledge Radio, and you are now rocking with the best. Yes, indeed. This is your host, Brother Blue Pill. All right. If there's any distortion on my mic, family, if I'm coming in too loud or if I'm coming in um, chopped up, please feel free to let me know in the chat room. The chat room is now open, family. Please let me know how this audio is coming over because I am broadcasting via my um, computer, alright, via the headphones on my computer, so please feel free to lend a hand, let me know what's good, alright, welcome back, peace to the family, hope that everyone is joining us in optimum health, optimum shape, of good spirits, and all of that good stuff, okay, family, I'm awaiting my course for the red pill. One second, I'm getting some links sent out, emotional-wise, getting the feed out to the Twitter and the Facebook and everything. Yes, sir. Please, somebody in the chat, let me know if I'm coming through clear. shows up, I guess, you know, up about the events that have transpired throughout the day, I mean, throughout these past few days, I want to begin by sending a rest of power to our brother, uh, my
family. Is that better? With those headphones. Okay. <laughs> My bad. I just. Yeah, I didn't know what the heck was going on, so I had to ditch these uh these Apple headphones. Happen again. All right. Just give me a second, y'all. Hopefully, uh, my co-host show up. I can hand over the reins to him. Give me one second, y'all. All right. With no further ado, caller from the three four seven six five zero. Peace. Peace, 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 peace to the universe, peace to the family. Yeah, Welcome yeah. to the Less Radio. This is your co-host, the brother Red Pill. Greetings. What's good? Yes, indeed. I just need some of your assistance in regards to uh, my sound quality. I was coming through very, rather choppy a few seconds ago. Uh, I, I mean, it's starting. Yeah, you started chopping a little bit. Blood. Where you at? Huh? You said Hello? what? Yeah, do you hear me? Yeah, yeah, it's choppy though. It was definitely underwater for a minute. Where you at? Ain't no towers out there? Were you in the mountains or something? You yeah, actually you? I am. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's kind of choppy though. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. You want to fix that? Yeah, let me fix that. In the meantime, in between time, let me uh, leave the family with a real quick selection, you know what I'm saying, as we um, get ready to talk about some events that have transpired these past few days. Yeah, let's do that. Mm -hmm. All right, So... Give me one second. I'll be back with you. Created the white man. In actuality, the white man, you say, well, how does this God function? You just look at the white man and see how the white man functions, and you can understand how this God functions. He's a jealous God. He's a vengeful and a, and a wrath and brimstone, a killer God. You understand what I'm saying? And everything that functions, that, 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 that holds this society. So when the white man writes on his dollar bill, in God we trust, he's talking about his God. He actually has a real God. Now, he took all around the world, he took what is called the esoteric scriptures of saying that you are God and you belong to the host of heavens or the host of stars of heaven and we are all one. He would take the same scriptures and he would take the esoteric scriptures and make them exoteric where you worship him. In the Gnostic scriptures, the real scriptures, they say that this God made a covenant with Abraham. This God, Yahweh. And he made a covenant with Abraham and promised this little group or whatever that he would save them. He would save them and everybody else would go to hell or whatever type thing if they can somehow... Make the scriptures as if they got to obey by laws. Obey laws and all this particular stuff. 
You understand what I'm saying? So hold Indeed, Steve family. All right. You just heard the words of our brother Bobby Hemmett. Okay. Baba. The master teacher. Please do not get it confused. Oh, what a tangle web we weave. Yes, you know indeed. Yes, sir. The things that I see on social networks, brother. Blasphemy? <laughs> I could only imagine how <laughs> how they're gonna be roasting me in the fire or something happened. Lord forbid, Jesus. Oh yeah, don't let nothing happen to me. I'm gonna get crucified on social networks. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. And I might be laughing, family, but I'm not. Um, please don't take that lightly, uh, because. I've just been witnessing some of the most childish behavior in regards to situations which call for togetherness, you know what I'm saying, for the community to actually put their their axes and their swords and their butter knives and their forks away, you know what I'm saying, and just gather around a situation and collectively put your mind towards healing, all right? Our brother Bobby Hemmett is recovering from a stroke that he suffered the other day, I believe it was Wednesday, okay, um, if I'm correct. Was Wednesday yeah. the 15th? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. You know, the brother um, suffered what, what was described as a massive stroke, okay, but the brother has rebounded, you know what I'm saying? He is doing a lot better as is being reported. I haven't personally spoken to the brother myself, and I haven't spoken to his wife, Linda, but people within our circle have communicated with the brother, okay? And they have confirmed that he is doing a lot better. You know what I'm saying? He's recovering. He is rebounding. There is a site set up. Okay, the Bobby Hemmett Love Fund, which could be found at youcaring, Y-O-U, youcaring.com backslash other backslash Bobby dash Hemmett dash love dash fund backslash 60025. I would imagine that if you go to the youcaring.com site, you could put in Bobby Hemmett and it will bring up, you know, the brothers, uh, the designation for the donation site that has been put together by our elder, Jerry Miller. Shout out to Jerry Miller and his wife, Sandra Frazier, and Kalima Love. Okay, I don't know who Kalima Love is, but shout out to Kalima Love for the efforts to put this together. For our brother, they have already raised $5,000 on their way to a $10,000 um, uh, target, for that matter. Okay, so I'm going to drop the link in the chat room because... People have been asking what can they do to participate, all right? So now the link is live, is active in the chat family. And for those who catch it in the archive, again, like we said, you can go to youcaring.com, 
Okay, and it's for the Bobby Hammond Love Fund. Now, family, and this may be the case, okay, because we can't make any assumptions about who's listening, who's tuning in, the pedigree of, you know, the people to tune in, all right? Some people might just have caught on to know the ledge and information and consciousness. You know, we put links out a lot of different places. Uh, I would like to report that, um, KT's Hollywood Decoded just broke the 200,000, 200,000 download, bro. We're talking Iron Man. I'm not talking about Django. I'm talking about Iron Man. The brother did 20,000 on Django, you know what I'm saying? And he was ready to grow wings and jump off the Empire State Building. <laughs> he turned around, he just did 200,000, all right, mm, mm, mm. on Iron Man. He just did that a few weeks ago. Shout out to uh, Cosmo Crash. Shout out to A.A. Rashid who participated on that program as well. And there are other shows that are around that show, that whole cluster that week that did around those numbers as well in the 200,000 zones. So, you know, KTL is spreading. is definitely being put somewhere where it is it's trending ridiculously. You know what I'm saying? So I can't make the assumptions that everyone that's tuning in or listening actually knows about the storied legacy of these people who we openly, clearly, and confidently refer to as master teachers, all right? Bonnie Hemet is definitely, pardon none, you know what I'm saying, one of the greatest of his era and his epoch for what he does, all right, and for what he did. It's already been put down and cemented. It's in stone, all right. He has an archive of lectures that span into the thousands of hours. That degree, that pedigree of information has been utilized in changing many people's outlooks on life, you know what I'm saying, putting people on many a paths which has led them to pretty much, you know, where they have wanted to go. You know what I'm saying? He has uh, uh, spawned many um, students, okay? Mm-hmm. Brother Penny is known for being you know, one of his most loyal students, you know what I'm saying, and one of the most known that come from that particular class, all right? Well, there's a lot of which... Yes, many of which cut their teeth over at LIU in the presence of myself, you, A.A. Rashid, Brother Chris, Black Dot, everyone that was involved with the um, Moo Productions, okay? And mm-hmm. we like to describe um, our opener slash Moo Productions as the, as the resurrection, you know what I'm saying, as the renaissance, all right? This was a movement put together by the youth of New York City, to revisit, resuscitate, rehabilitate, okay, what we deem to be uh, people that we held value to, the elder teachers that was bringing information that pretty much was falling on deaf ears because there was a dividing gap. There was a dividing gap in terms of the receptivity of the audience. They were pretty much preaching to the choir at some point where the eldership that came out to listen to them had just done that. They became elderly. They became elderly in age, you know what I'm saying, and they became somewhat elderly in the way that they were utilizing the information to make it fresh and new, 
all right? We discovered these brothers and some of these sisters. We dust off their VHSs, you know what I'm saying, popped it in the VCR, started applying it. It started transforming people's lives, and a whole new venue was created to bring now these teachers in front of their new body of students, and that's when the magic really started happening. Not saying that it didn't happen prior to that. We're just talking about what happened to prepare and to propel ourselves and those around us, okay, and everyone else is pretty much has been tuned into that information into the future, all right? So now what the brother was talking about back then, it was pretty obscure. It's not mainstream. Yes, sir. Oh, metaphysics, you know what I'm saying, Gnostic wisdom. Third eye. All of these things, yeah, these are trending topics, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, 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 Baron Somni, Queen Yin, um, the Ascended Masters, yeah, Iwa, um, uh, what's his name, no, Alex um, Crowley, Crowley. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these things can be attributed to not saying Bobby Hemmett created these things or coined these phrases, but he was responsible for putting it into a context in which the youth. Now could take this information and it was palatable. You know what I'm saying? We we could we we could chew it up and, and masticize it and swallow it and digest it, and it became part of our framework. And then you know we regurgitated it. You know what I'm saying? And now you see uh, the the younger crop of, of the hip hop generation embracing this information, not a slave to it. You feel me? But flipping it, doing new things with it as well, exporting it around the world. You feel me? So when you dig up the leaves, right, you know, you can rake the leaves and you dig up the leaves and you got those wet leaves underneath it, then you got the soil and you got the worms. He's of that pedigree, okay? He's of the soil of this movement, this quote-unquote conscious movement, this thing that exists in the clouds somewhere. But it's tangible in regards to the information that has been presented, the lives that it has impacted, Okay, so Bobby Hemmett is of that pedigree that he should be held up and exalted for his works, his efforts, his dedication, and everything that he has put forth. He's part of the twin pillars of modern-day metaphysical underground consciousness. Now, I don't want to get anybody, any car-carrier members of the Nation of Islam or the gods and earths upset you know what I mean? The first generation, second, and all of that. But, um, you know, we're not necessarily speaking when we talk about consciousness and the metaphysical underground. We're not negating those groups and their impact and their influence and what they brought to the table. But we're more so speaking about a movement that grew out of the lecture halls of Long Island University, first and foremost, and 125th Street in Harlem. Okay, BK in Harlem those teachers that were introduced to us, the Delbert Blairs, the Bobby Hemmets, the Phil Valentines, the Hakeem Bays, um, you know, those master teachers, we're talking about that movement right there. You know what I mean? The quote-unquote, the, 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 the cyber library, you know what I mean? The, the lecturers that you saw on VHS tapes, the real, the true underground. These brothers don't have, they, they don't have their faces in the paper, 
You know what I mean? They don't get talked about in the mainstream media. You know, they don't have uh they don't have they don't have uh car carrying organizations. These brothers are underground, you know what I mean, warriors, the Steve Coakley's of the world, underground information disseminators, totally banging on the system and things of that nature. Before the internet was even created and put forth, these brothers were out there doing the work. Before you could gain uh fame and followers, you know what I mean, when someone sticks a camera in your face, these brothers were busting down hundreds of books, you know what I'm saying, doing eight, ten, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve hour lectures. Um, the brother Bobby Hemmett has one of the most extensive bodies of work, okay? He has one of the most extensive bodies of work ever put forth by a lecturer next to Phil Valentine and a few other hard-working metaphysical teachers out there. Last year, around the same time on this show, I came on Nodalege Radio, and I went ham. I had another one of those spaz-out rants, and I was telling the family that um, I had to privilege of seeing Brother Bobby uh, at the check cashing place out of all places. Him and his lovely wife were in there and at that point I realized that our brother was going through a spiritual transformation. He lost a he had shed a lot of weight a lot of the weight that was in his stomach which is very good because we know about you know we, we know about the building up of fecal matter and things of that nature where people were you know protruding bellies and things of that nature. We know that that's not 100% healthy. But um, the brother shared some stuff with me when we were building and whatnot, and I told the family, I, I shared that with, I didn't tell the family, I came back and I kindly shared with the family that whatever we could do, not even Dr., not, not even Brother Bobby Hemmett, something happened with Phil Valentine, and um, unfortunately, you know, a lot of brothers in the community decided that they wanted to use that opportunity to take shots at him and clown him. But I came to the community and, and kindly asked the community to help the brother. They were even went ahead and did a presentation, a webinar, to fund some of the uh, to help his situation. You know what I'm saying? Because it goes back to what we were saying on last week's show that um, we are a community, we are a network. There are many networks out there, family. Like you know, there are many communities out there. You have the LBGT community, you have the uh, Islamic community. You have the uh, Irish American community. You have all of these communities, the the, the Patrolmen's Association, the Fraternal Order, all, as many pockets and niche markets. We are just one of them. But within this community and network, we have numbers. So the, the, it, there's power in numbers. So I, we were talking about crowdsourcing and crowdfunding last week. That's what the brother with Blue Pill just talked about, the brother Bobby being able to raise $5,000 to help him out and his family out because the crowd came together and funded the brother. They're gifting him. They're taking care of sending money. I don't know what the situation is. I don't know what they may need money for, but I'm sure that whatever they do need, we as a family who has benefited off of his information and even just his presence, just saying his name, you benefited off of that. Just telling people, oh, yeah, I know about Bobby Hemmett. That's a, that's a one-up in the hood. You know what I mean? That's kudos. So just benefiting off of his name benefiting off of his information, benefiting off of the students that have come from sitting at his feet, the students that teach like the brother Panic. Many people have benefited off of this information. So we really need to take the time to send out some um, energy. Energy is great. 
and we need to materialize the energy into currency and let that currency flow over to the brother and his lovely wife and everybody that's in his camp that's going to be there for him and bring the brother back to a speedy recovery. I am going to say it over the air. The brother M is dropping some good information in the chat room about hypobaric oxygen therapy. And he was saying that the hypobaric oxygen therapy will bring, um, will help reverse the symptoms. It's a reversal of stroke symptoms. Okay, and there's about 22 sessions that are needed. So if anybody gets to hear the show in the chat or the archives, please do us a favor if you can get this information over to um, Sister Linda, who is his wife, or over to Brother Panic, um, you know, we would definitely appreciate that. It's oxygen therapy, hyperbaric oxygen therapy, and they have some um, they have some places in Atlanta. They have locations in Atlanta, so you can definitely find uh, one of them because we definitely know that um, the brother, all of the uh, holistic healers and things of that nature should come forth. There should even be a fun at the Malcolm X Fest this weekend being taken up by all of the attendees. Somebody should go around and at least get a dollar or five from everybody that's in attendance at that affair. If they don't know about Bobby Hemet, you know, give them a DVD or let them know how important he is. But we should become a real community and come together to take care of this is a giant. This ain't no teacher. This is a giant. This is a twin pillar. If there are, two, if there are twin pillars in this conscious movement, it's Phil Valentine and Bobby Hemet at this point. Real talk. Okay. So that is a pillar right there. We cannot let our pillars fall, family. So let's get behind that. That's it. You mean red in the blue? <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Wonderful, wonderful to hear that, Um, you know, right even here in the chat, the family said that they have participated, you know what I'm saying, and um, making things right for Brother Bobby. All right, kudos to the family for that. And again, family, again, um, rest in power, love and light to our brother, Malcolm Shabazz. Indeed. Malcolm Shabazz. His service was today in Oakland. His body will be returned to New York where he will be buried beside his grandparents. Okay. I see. And, um, again, you know, just the, the the level of conjecture and things of that nature that I've been seeing online by people, you know, in the quote unquote community is is incredible. You know what I'm saying? It just never stops. Like, you know, I I don't know what to say in regards to that. You already know. You know, people need some serious help. Well, you know, that's what we're here for, brother. You know what I mean? That's what we're here for. You know, we all need help at one point in our lives. You know what I'm saying? So it's each one teach one, each one help one. It's like I said, sometimes when you see people lashing out and they speak a negative about, you know, the ancestors or some, you know, family that got hurt, may have been injured, may have even been murdered, and people are disrespecting their spirits and things of that nature, 
you know, I, I've learned, I've been trained, you know what I mean, because at first I could never understand it. I would get infuriated. But you just have to remember that a lot of people have issues, you know what I mean, and they're basically letting you know how deep those issues are, you know what I mean, how 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 um, severe those core issues, they've never been dealt with. So when they're lashing out at the dead, somebody who have ne- who probably never did nothing to them personally, never did anything to them, never shed any of their blood, never took anything from their pockets, you know what I mean? Never coveted their wife, never fornicated with any of their children, nothing. But still they wish death upon the next man and they wish all kind of negative, you know what I mean, emotions. But we're going to deal with that tonight. Look at what people are consuming. Look at the music that our people are part of, a death culture. Look at look at what they look at what they watch on TV. Look at what they're putting in their mouths. It's like I said before, what you're doing in your bedroom, in your living room, in your kitchen should really determine where your consciousness is. It took all that highfalutin stuff, but it's going to come out in the wash. We see you on Facebook. We know what you're about. We can read your thoughts. I'm on my Zuckerberg. You can analyze where a person's head is at just based on stuff that they type. So I don't really get caught up in all of that no more. If they're going to go ahead and disrespect that young man and his spirit and his daughters and his great and his grandfather's great legacy, then that's on them. You know what I mean? That's on them. It's nothing that you could do about that. All you can do is continue to represent that man's spirit, you know what I mean, because you knew him personally more than what a lot of people could say. They only was looking from the outside in. They speculating. They looking at a picture. Oh, he has a tattoo under his eye. Who did he kill? Oh, he has a tattoo on his neck. He must be a thug. That's where they limited to. That's all they. That's as far as they could get. That's their ceiling. So you got to leave him right there. But you knew the brother, so it's up to you. And that goes for everybody when it comes to situations like that. If you knew someone personally, you would never let, don't ever let anybody who does not know that person speak ill of that person. I had put something on my Facebook the other day. And it, and it rang very true. It speaks the truth because it's not about, don't come to me and talk about what somebody said about me. I don't care about what nobody said about me. You know what I mean? Because people got mouths. They're going to talk. Everybody has an opinion, and they think that they know you, and they think that they could talk anything. It's not about what they said about me. If you know me, what did you say to defend me? That's a real friend. What did you say to defend me? It ain't about what they said. Let them shoot their low. What did you say to defend me What did you say To back it on up Nah that ain't who you talk. I don't know that person You know what I'm saying I don't know who you talking about The person that I know Would never be about that 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 person I don't know who you talking about You hating right now You know what I'm saying You need to go talk to that brother Or say it to his face If you really feel like that Word So you know Miss me with all of that Oh yeah It's crazy But anyway Let's get into the show because it's past that 9.30 mark. I see our uh, guests is in the chat room and whatnot. We definitely yes, need to get into it. Very I do want to say love very quick. and light. Thank you, Hold everybody, on. for coming. I'm sorry. I'm cutting you off. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, bro. No, I just wanted to thank everybody for coming through for the monumental show that we had on Tuesday huh? with Dick Gregory. Whoa. Whoa. Huh? That was, huh? 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 That was kind of major. That was kind of major. 
Hold on, man. Shout out to KT. I know you just talked about it a minute ago, but these brothers got 200,000 downloads, man. Like... One fourth, one quarter of a million, B. Like 200,000 people listen to Azazel's show with Eileen Bay. They listen to the, what was that? What was that? Uh, the KT and the Arch Degree with Cosmo Crack. They heard the trilogy with Cosmo Chris, Cosmo Physics. That's 200,000 downloads. So we're doing our numbers, man. We, we're doing big things right there. I think all of those shows all together is one million, right? I think we yeah. <laughs> So we cracked a million downloads like two months ago. We cracked a million. It took us four years, and and we made another million in a few in a few weeks right after that. And I knew it was gonna be like that because they always say once you crack that milli, the rest of the millions is nothing. Jay Z taught me that. One and two and three and more. Uh. <laughs> so yeah, we doing millions over here. That's what I'm talking about. That just raises up the price. When it's time to negotiate, that just raises up the price. I want my millies. Let's get at this show, though. Let's start it up. Real quick, before we do family, I want to invite the West Coast family, those that are on the Western Hemisphere of the United States, please make your way tomorrow to Los Angeles. In particular, we will be in the building at the Chucho's Justice Center, which is located at 1137 East Redondo Boulevard, all right, which is in Inglewood, California, all right? And we are going to be participating in the black market, okay, which is some black commerce, all right? So this is the second black market event. It's going to be going down tomorrow, family, in Inglewood. You could, um, yeah, just make your way through. You know what I'm saying? There's going to be vendors there. In the building, Seven Heaven Seamoss will be there. I'm bringing all my other drinks out as well. All right. Um, and, and yeah, I'm sure that there's going to be a lot more interesting, engaging uh, vendors in the building and stuff for the family to get involved with on Sunday in Lamert Park. They're also going to be having some festivities dedicated to Malcolm X's solar return. All right, at the Perkonk Studios, which is at 4309 South Lamert Boulevard in Los Angeles. All right, so it's going to be going down in remembrance of our elder Malik El Shabazz. So, Saturday, Black Marketplace, and um, Sunday, Malcolm X Solar Return. For the family that's in New York, tomorrow, Saturday, up in the Bronx, they're going to be having a health fair. At Sankofa Cafe. Yes, yes, indeed. Which is at 174th and Boston Road. Um, you know that. Is there a road that I'm leaving out? Crossroads, South something? Um, Southern Boulevard. Boulevard, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's right at the corner. I don't have the actual building number in front of me, family, but it's at the corner. All right, you can take the train on 174th, the two or the five train. Go to 174th. It's going to be an all-day event. They're going to have health practitioners, healers. The food is going to be in the building. Suncofa Cafe is the spot to be tomorrow in NY. Okay? You heard it here first. All right? Yes, sir. 
And, uh, yeah, I believe that that's about it in terms of the announcements for now. If I remember anything else, we'll update the family at the 11-11. But we are gathered here today for this monumental episode. All right. Our next guest really needs no introduction, but I am still going to line it up pop a lot and read tonight's description so we can get into this, uh, you know, so job it's monumental episode. Join No The Less Radio for another blockbuster broadcast featuring our brother, Brother Polite. Tonight's topic will be titled Sex, Money, and Drugs. Did Black People Create White Supremacy? Which one of the following should we investigate? Sex, money, and drugs or the white man's role in black people's oppression? Does white supremacy really exist or does it represent a fictitious play of illusion perpetrated by the lazy and miseducated mindset of the black man and black woman of today? Has the white man become this era's new boogeyman? Listen to Brother Polite, culturally known as the head of the crown of the new covenant community, all right? The young light, the young phenom, brother polite. With no further ado, uh, peace, brother. How you doing? How y'all doing? All is well, peace, brother. Peace. All is well. How you? Can't complain. Successful. Just can't complain. Every day is another forward stride towards our future. It's looking real good for us. No doubt. No doubt. Well, what's yes. going on with you, man? I mean, you know, we know you have this big event coming up this weekend. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, your events have pretty much become like the uh, Mayweather events. You know what I'm saying? People have a vested interest to know what do you do to prepare for these events? You know what I'm saying? Things that you oh. have done that might be second place to you at this point. Just like Mayweather fight might be second place to him. You know what I'm saying? He's done it so many times and so successfully, 44 times to be exact. It's kind of like, you know, it just comes as second nature to him. You know what I'm saying? But the people that are outside looking in, you know, they might consider that level of preparation one of the most arduous tasks, one of the hardest things that they can conceive of yet those that have it, you know, pretty much down grasp, it's just like, oh, you know, it's just me doing my thing. So we're going to ask you, what is your preparation ritual on a weekend such as this one coming up? This is monumental. Wow. Well, I'll tell you, after putting together events for Dr. Savy and I doing events with Dr. Delbert Blair, doing events with Reverend Dr. Phil Valentine, Lester Lovins, Lloyd Strayhorn, who sold over one million copies of his books, Queen of Four, Maha, Dr. Africa, okay, and, of course, Paul Mooney, Dick Gregory, <laughs> the list goes on. And these are people like I did all through one year with the exception of Dick Gregory. This is my first time doing something with Dick Gregory. And, uh, even even the up and coming cats or the underground cats doing things with them, you know, it's been a beautiful thing. Shout out to A. Rashid just came into my mind. Did joints with him. He's a legend in his own right. 
being a lane by himself. I want to give him love all the time because he's a real strong, intelligent brother, very unique in the way that he conveys his information. I love that brother. Real good for the community. So, um, yeah, just doing so many different dissertations with so many different personalities. And the fundamental aspect about it all is that at times I don't always agree with the people that I have to do an event with and managing to pull it off. You know, uh, examples like Brother Seti, uh, I have to fund that event. This is an absolute fact. I have to fund the event. I have to make sure he gets paid. I have to make sure someone that we in a heated debate with gets paid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And there's, no, you know, no malice at the end, you know, and keep it on a professional level as much as we can, you know, but for me to uh, pay for the venue and pay for the chairs and pay for the flyers to get promoted, uh, pay for the flyers to get printed, distribute them, street team, and we designed the flyer with him on. So we have to contact him and make sure that it's appropriate for him. And when he said he wanted an adjustment on the flyer, we made the adjustment until it met his satisfaction. Uh, satisfaction. So, and this is a lot of stuff people don't realize. They're like they see the debate and they see the videos, but even some of the videos that came through, uh, it was in question if I had like the material, if whether or not we was gonna put it up with him in it. You know, we would have to edit, or some videos would have to be taken down. You know, a lot of people don't realize the business behind what it is that I'm doing here. They see the debate and the entertainment aspect, and that's what I'm projecting. You know, and then there's another goal to make sure that people are thoroughly educated. And then there's another goal because I'm raising money for our community to do what we got to do. So there's layers to this. And I'm going to talk about the preparation, but I'm glad you even asked this question, you know, because people need to know, you know, I'm, I'm a bit more sophisticated than they realize. And when you could, like even to Gregory and I, to Gregory and I, we agree on a lot of stuff. There's one main fundamental we don't agree on, and that's uh, blame the white man. But I can still honor him and appreciate him for everything he has to offer. And honestly say, I learned a lot from him, and I intend to learn a lot more, and I'm looking forward to hearing him speak. But the ability to, and Dick Gregory, I ain't going to go into the whole numbers, all the numbers, but, you know, I put up over five racks just to get this man to come out and talk to the people. You feel me? That don't even count what I got to pay for the venue that has Malcolm X's name on the deed where we're doing that on Malcolm X's birthday. I try to explain to people a lot of times. They really don't have a clue how far my mind goes with this because when it's a Dr. Sabi, he's looking for in around ten racks, ten thousand dollars. When it's a Phil Valentine, it could be fifteen hundred, two thousand, three thousand, you know, and I'm not complaining. These people are all worth it and more. Whoever is charging whatever, I, it's not my right to undermine what they charge because they all should be paid more. Let me say that so that's not the point where I'm going to. Okay, so uh, when we're talking about a Phil who's getting two racks or 2,000 or more, or Sabi getting 10,000, or uh, Ashwell Crazy going over two Gs, or uh, Paul Mooney or or Dick Gregory at 4,000 or 5,000 plus, not counting hotels and travel and everything like that. You know, a lot of times, by the time it gets to me, People say, polite, why you got to charge? I'm like, all these people are older than me. They taught me I have to charge because I have to pay them when they come up. You feel me? So, that, I mean, if you can't come to me after I pay for the chair, after I pay for a venue that's over $1,500, if I'm paying $1.50 per chair, I'm talking, you know, we're talking over $300 if I'm going over 200 chairs at $1.50 each. If I'm paying for a PA system at $150, 
I appreciate my security. It's a job, it's an obligation. It's serious about uh, protecting everybody there and keeping it safe. So if I'm paying security, okay, if I'm paying for chairs, if I'm paying for a venue that's fifteen hundred or more dollars, if I'm paying for a speaker that at times gonna cost me five grand or more. And then you come to me and say, How come I charge? I'm like, yo, you wouldn't even listen to this guy. You wouldn't even hear Dick Gregory on the nineteenth on a Sunday if it weren't for my five G's plus, not counting what I paid for venue and what it cost me to have him travel because travel is separate from the five reps you talk about. So why would I even do it? Because I'm telling you, I know how to put together a little chicken spot with that money. I know what to do with five thousand plus. I don't have to invest it in the conscious community. You know, I know what to do with money. I really do. This is not a lie, okay? But the the the, the harmony of having an event on May 19th at a place that still bears Malcolm X's name on the deed on his birthday with someone like Dick Gregory who spoke to him just before he passed, I'm conducting a ritual here amongst many other things. That's one, okay? And then two, because of the real estate finesse, okay, that he had that is overlooked, and then because he was sent out there by Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, who had a great deal of real estate information, who sent Malcolm out there to find that building, amongst many others, okay, to set up their own private schools, which the school still exists there. Claire Muhammad School over there still exists over there in Brooklyn, where the event's going to be at. I say, man, first of all, we talk about ancient Egypt, and we speak on so many things about ancient Egypt. But when it comes to the application of the information, we do not conduct the rituals. We just study the information, and we become historical information buffs. But when it comes to the application of the information, we decline. We relent from it. Everything, but once you start putting on the eye dress or the headdress of the ancestors, your own people that study this information ridicule you. The second you bring it to life and make it applicable in your daily routine, you are made fun of. And this is and this is what I'm talking about, where the consciousness is not really as conscious as we say. And we'll discuss this too. You know, the second you become a polygamist, the second you become a polygamist, you're doing something wrong. Well, we all want to go back to Africa. The second you wear the Aya Haru or Har, you're doing something wrong. Well, we all want to go back to Africa and we praise the Egyptians. You feel me? The second we talk about money, okay, we're wrong. But then we've seen the ancient Egyptians were so serious about their money. I don't know if they die with more money or they live with more money. It's hard to tell because if you open up the casket, it's like, yo, why this nigga got to have all these diamonds and shit inside his casket to leak? You feel me? So, I mean, we're trying to ball out our lives, and you have cats dying better than we in living in ancient Egypt. And we're wrong when we pick that up and say, yo, I'm, I'm digging that. If they could do that. And their passion to transition, why can't we get a taste of that while we're alive? I'm not wrong for that. So, the, so you know, the point that I'm making is this. The point that I'm making is, you know, I want people to understand that from a marketing and promotional standpoint, because I'm serious about what I'm doing with my community, at times I may not even make the money that most people would look for when we do these events. I'm thinking about the expansion of our community. I'm thinking about different types of people from different genres 
or different walks of life. Or Paul Mooney's group is different from a Dick Gregory's group, but they may have a simile too. But their groups is different from a Savy group. And the Savy group is different from a Phil Valentine group. I'm in a whole different state of mind. I'm willing to put up my own money if we can get 10 more members in New Covenant to see it the way we see it. I want the contrast. I want good brothers like uh, General Sarasua said to speak so you can hear the contrast in our argument and perhaps even appreciate what we have to offer more. Not that we don't need what he's teaching, but you can appreciate what we have to say even more so if you heard or bear witness to the contrast. Because if it's just me talking, you, you, it's linear. But if you get two people talking and that contrast is presented, you might appreciate what I have to say that much more in your newly found evaluation of the situation that we're in. So you have to have a certain level of humility to be able to share the stage with people that you disagree with without having to rebut them. I did a show with Dick Rugby last Thursday, and the very first thing he said when he got on, I must be on the wrong show because I blame the white man. And I said, yo, this, you know, old school go hard. They be they go hard with that anger, and they, they push it. And he, I mean, he tore his ass off on the radio. A lot of people call me say, yo, Pete, what's up? Is he going after you? Is he going? I said, man, he's 80 years old. He bear witness to something. People my generation never bear witness to at all, at, all in the same era, all in the same era. We, this is a different era that, you know, us 20-year-old folks is coming from in the early 30s. We ain't been around to see so many great people at one time get knocked, get locked, get shot. You know, you're talking about Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Dr. York, Noble Drew Ali, and a host of other names all at one shot. Mm-hmm. Go down in the same era relatively. Bob Marley. And some people are alive. Bob Marley. Keep going. You know, all these the people were alive. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're talking about uh, uh, Coakley, Carmichael. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could mention the names and keep going hard, mm-hmm. and you'll have to say, yo, Khalid Muhammad, we can't even forget him. You feel me? So, you're talking about the greatest of the greats. Damn near, there's some people who are alive, but almost everybody. All at the same time, and Marcus Garvey, we can't forget him. They can sit here and bear witness to atrocities perpetrated against us as a people on behalf of the obviously uh, white enemy or Caucasian enemy. But what I got to tell people today is when you're talking to someone like Polite, when you're talking to me, and I'm going to go into the preparation for the event because this, this really goes into the theme of tonight's show and my preparation. When you're talking to someone like me, who at age eight, two days before my birthday, two days before I turned age eight, my father left me. He, my father's black. Uh, so that's how people would identify him, okay? So my father is black. Two days before my eighth birthday, he left me. I never to see him again about till 16 years old, going on 17. My mom, I ain't never know who she is. She's black too. I never knew her, okay, until I turned 17, and she died the week I met her. She's black. Now, when I when I came into the conscious community and I shared my story, I was told that the reason why my father left me and the way he left us, Michael and Michelle, two days before my eighth birthday out of all times. I mean, there's no good time to leave your child, but shit, two days before your eighth birthday, he's gone. I was told it was the white man. He drove my father away from his family. I said, you know what? No one said he's supposed to be stronger. No one said he needed more mental fortitude. No one said there was a dysfunction or a disconnect in his manhood. 
No one said that maybe he was too embarrassed and he couldn't man up at the time when he got laid off. And the women of the household, his sister and my grandmother, he couldn't take what they had to say as they defamed him and brought him down because of his inability to raise his children. No one said that the women didn't scare him off and run him off. They said to me, they didn't know my situation. They didn't bother to ask. They just knew from the time that that man left his family, it had to do with the white man. And I accepted it in the conscious community. And when I said, so what about my mother that I only met? And unfortunately, when I did meet her, she died. I had seven days with my mother. I met her when I turned 17. It's a true story. They said, your mother only left you because she was a victim of the white man. I said, oh, for real. So it had nothing to do with the fact that my father was a five percenter and her family was Sunni Islam. And I was said to not be able to be born, but somehow my mother still got pregnant after she gave birth to Michelle, my older sister. She still got pregnant with me. They believe my father called also into having me because my father actually wanted an abortion, according to his mother, my grandmother, that told me this before she passed. Don't be mad. Your mother fought to keep you alive because they said, first of all, she wasn't supposed to have a baby. Second of all, if she has you, she would have died. That's what the doctors told her. She said, I'd rather die than to let him go. And her family, her Sunni Islam family, believed that my father called Oster into risking her life to have me because everybody wanted me a boy. But they say to me in the conscious community, the reason why my mother ran off was because the white man. It has nothing to do with this story that I tell today. And of course, the grandmother that's taking care of me, the grandmother that takes care of me, which is my father's mother, my father's mother, my grandmother, she's in Catholicism, so she raised me in Catholic school when my father left and my mother wasn't around. So I had Sunni Islam. I was taught that I was a god, which contradicts the doctrine of my mother's family as they didn't even know where they where their daughter was at when she enrolled herself into the military and disappeared. This is what she told me when I met her. And she couldn't stomach the reality of the family feud. This is what I was told. So I deal with this situation, and people don't even ask you what happening. It's the white man. I said, oh, for real. It has nothing to do with dysfunction in the black community. It has nothing to do with No, I'm raising Catholicism. Hold on, the light. Your phone is beginning to um chop up, brother. Hold on. Yeah. I'm coming right now. The phone is breaking. Can you hear me clearly? You're a little clearer, but there's still a metallic um overtone to your voice. Alright, let me skip this. I'm trying different things. How does this one sound? Yeah, that's better. That's better. Right. Normally when you take the speaker off, it's better. All right. So no one told me. No one considered maybe there was a dysfunction in the black family. No. They said, polite, you got to consider history, though. And I said, what's this What's this side of history you tell me about? Are you, are, are you intimating that if there were no white people on planet Earth, that black families wouldn't have struggles from time to time? Is this what you're intimating? Is this above and beyond us to understand that from time to time with white people on the planet or no white people on the planet? Are you to suggest to me that we would never have household issues in our community? 
Are you just suggesting me that while we have household issues in our community, they can never be fixed until we get rid of all white people? What are you really saying to me? Now, I never deny that a group of white folks played a part in the dysfunction in the black community. Very large part, too. It's depending on who you are and what do you study when it comes to history. Because we tend to do, we don't do research, we do search. And what I mean by that is we look for what we want to be mad about. I'm mad at white folks. I'm going to search and find some shit that gets me upset. We don't do research and look things over and over again to reevaluate uh, why we came to certain conclusions. No, we search. And I'm going to find some more dirty shit on white folks, and I'm going to teach this. And I'm going to find some more dirty shit on white folks, and I'm going to teach this. And the first person that says, you know, you know there's some other stuff going on over here. No, because you do search it. You don't research. You do search. That's what you do. I research. I don't search. I research. I don't do search. I research. So I look for things from a non-biased perspective, and I'm able to definitively conclude that all races have members in their community that are effed up. I, that's the only way I can come to a conclusion because I don't do search. I do research. So I'm always challenging my views. It's the only way you can educate yourself. You're willing to challenge your convictions from a day-to-day basis. What may be right today in your newly found evaluation may not be realization that you had it wrong these missing pieces of the puzzle. But it takes a brave man and a brave woman to admit that they do not know it all, the more that they learn the list that they know. So I'll take on. you on my... Yes. Yeah, it's, it's still a little... It's not as clear... As you were when you first came on, your audio. I definitely All want right. the family to hear everything that you're saying, brother, because you're going in right now. I got you. I, I might call on another phone to be Yeah, if that's what yeah. you got to do to come in clearer, just give me the four the first uh, numbers through the prefix, and I got you. I definitely do it. But am I coming through clear right now? Somewhat. Oh. Yeah. All right, let's try this. Because I'm actually en route from Florida. I'm heading back to New York as part of my preparation, and I'm going to work my way into that part of the information. So, as you know, I'm about uh, 16 more hours left. I'm driving while I'm on phone. So that's probably why I may be breaking. No doubt. Oh, yeah. You know, and I'm going to talk about the grind, too. So hold on, hold on. Hold on. Put the top. You got to put the top up. I know you in that drop. Go ahead now, put that top up, because that air is probably going. Yeah, go ahead. I know you're in the ghost and everything. Put the top up, brother. <laughs> yeah, we're in the 2013 Infinity right now. We left the uh, drop park in Florida because this accommodates a more family. I only could carry all my wives in that one. I can't take uh-huh. the children and the wives in this in this one. In that one, I mean. So oh, we God. just in this little old uh, old thing, this 2013 thing. <laughs> that we bought in 2012, fully paid for. But anyway, we're going to go on. We ain't going to talk about that. That's another show that we definitely got to discuss things on. But point being is this. We, I was told that my father left his family because of the white man. I was told that my mother left her family because of the white man. I was told that the gun put in my mouth at age 13 to steal my $550 chain. I felt had gold in the gold. I felt it had diamonds in the gold when, in fact, it was just diamond cuts. I ain't know much someday. I thought diamond cuts were diamonds. You know how it was. You felt good. 
You had the Gucci link with the diamond cut. You felt great. It was yeah, a $550 check. You know what it was with those chains like, back why, then. Why, why is this Gucci link so light? Is there anything inside of it? The Jew was like, you already nah, don't know. worry about it. It's, it's official. You're good. You already know. You try to pawn it in. It, some penny weight doctrine comes in and you say, yo, I'm not getting back nowhere near what I put up. Like, what's good? Chinese, you yeah, you're Chinese food uh, money. That's right. You know, then you find out your shit is gold-plated. They dipped it. All sorts of stuff I was going through. But anyway, $550 for that chain. I worked so hard to save monies that my grandmother was getting from her pension that she gave me an allowance. I finally got that chain. Two weeks from that time, this shit was ripped off my neck. But before it was ripped off my neck at age 13, a gun was thrusted into my mouth, chipped my tooth, my tooth still a little chip from this day from that. It's a memory every time I smile and I look at my teeth. Is a mild chip, but it's there. And every time I look in the mirror and I see it, I got to remember that despite the fact they tell me it's the reason why this happened was the white man, it was a black face of an older man that put the gun in my mouth to take a $550 chain off a 13-year-old boy. And it all I tried to express to the older brothers out there, I understand that y'all had hoses on y'all, or you know somebody that had the hoses on them. I understand you can even look white people in the eye during your time. It would have been irate. I understand if you was in the wrong neighborhood like Blood and Crip, if black was in the wrong area with the whites, they would have jumped on you. I understand you was bit. I understand you're falsely incarcerated. I understand you see your favorite leader shot. Some of you were actually there. I understand week after week it almost seemed like that y'all was under attack. State after state where y'all were organized, it was burnt down and it was gone. But I'm going to tell you something. My generation don't bear witness to that. You might see something on the news, somebody got shot. But then it's real. The white man ain't keeping it as And now we are being more aggressive towards each other that we can bear witness to upon experience, more so than we can take your experience and bear witness to it. I can only read about what white folks did to y'all. And I empathize, and anything you have to say about it, I appreciate it, and I walk with you. You can give me history all the time, but I cannot deny the black man that put the gun in my mouth trying to figure out what would drive him to the point to do that to a 13-year-old boy. I have to figure out what would drive us to the point to sell drugs to our own people in the community. I have to figure out what would compel us to join gangs and, and engage in a fratricidal war against each other, black on black, and more people dying in our community than they're dying if they fight the wars with the white man in Afghanistan or Iraq. More of us is dying from gangbanging, okay, in our communities than we're dying if we take on the task of fighting a war for the white man overseas. We got a bigger risk of dying in our own community than fighting for education in Iraq. This is crazy. So I'm not telling you omit with anything that the white race has done to you. What I'm saying is this. When you come from my generation, oppression has a different complexion. And this may not be for everybody. But what I'm going to explain to you as I speak from my own personal experience, the people who gave me hell all were black and I don't care where you say they got the incentive to do it. The point is black people was doing it to me. Black people separated and raised me in poverty. Black people gave birth to me in poverty with no plan. Are you telling me because my parents were not sexually disciplined? It was because the white men were me. Because my father beat us because his emotions was all hot. Because he was so fucking... Hold on, your phone breaking up. Your phone breaking up again. What happened? 
Your phone was breaking up again. You might have to go back uh, just for like one more minute into what you were gotcha. saying. Your phone started I'm breaking up. Yo, the shit blew me away. And you know, they they it's Don't Fort Leon. 
They got the bright colors, so you you know we're going to be on that. You already know. They want $400 for the MVP LeBron, son. In the sneaker stores in the hood, they got lines outside the door. I saw the video in front of Nike Town with you and Sarnetto on 125th. But that's Nike Town. We're talking about the the the... We're talking about, you know, Punjabi and them dudes in the hood, the hood sneaker stores. Mark Clay's they selling they selling $400 sneakers. And, and they don't Negroes, have bars on their gate. They don't even huh? have bars on the window. They got bars on the windows. They the window without bars in the nighttime, knowing nobody's going to steal from them. Yep. Look at our windows. Hmm. I got fucking bank security locks on my door when I lived in the hood. <laughs> this shit is crazy. Three, four locks coming down the door. Fog windows like I'm in prison. And when I'm in a dog, a pit bull to make sure when I walk at night I'm safe because I can't carry a gun. A nigga already on parole. But I know this white man and this Jew, this outer, they're going to leave with a bag of money. Yes, they are. They're going to leave with a bag of money that night. And they're going to walk past the niggas scheming on niggas. And we're going to say this is all because of the white man. How far do we go with this shit until we say, yo, come on now. Something, there's something we could be able to do. How far do we go with this? So I'm like, listen, they gave me the uh, it's white supremacy talk, and I tell the elders all the time, I love y'all. They're like, man, you're trying to mock me. I said, no, I do love y'all. They said, man, you're trying to mock me. I hear how you teach. What do you mean you love me? You can respect me. You can, you can appreciate everything I say. I said, I appreciate it. I believe that they scared the shit out of y'all old cats, and, and rightfully so. Y'all, y'all niggas been washed up so much. The only thing you can say to me when I talk about coming up is the white man going to wash me up. And you mad as hell when I say he going to wash me up. They mad as hell. They mad, man. When I told them <laughs> I am not going to be washed up, they, oh, no, he going to get you. Do you know it? You know the first? Do you know about Black Wall Street? You knew Covenant niggas, do y'all know about Black Wall Street? I said, yeah, I know about it. What, what am I supposed to do, not create a new one? Oh, so what is the moral of the story? He watched this up, so don't even try to do nothing good. Be complacent with poverty so no one will bother you. What are we supposed to do? It's been long enough we ain't been doing shit. That don't work for us. They said, man, you going to feed the system? You feed the system when you stay in poverty. That's how you feed the system because you don't have no resources to do nothing with it. You don't have no resources to come out of that. Okay, when you stay in poverty, you feed his system because you have no resources, and eventually drugs will be your vice. Sex will be your vice, okay? And then now to get rid of your problems or to run away from your problems, you'll be making more babies than you can afford illegitimately because you are afraid of success because with success comes the responsibility of being persecuted, not just by your own but by others. You're afraid of success, so you stay here. And you think you're gangster because you talk about what you will do to someone that you have no intentions on doing it to. And when you don't do things to the people you intend to do something to, you misappropriate the energy and give it to people non-deserving of it. And that's what we do in our community. We bitch and we complain about white people for so long that if we don't get it off on white people, eventually we'll try to get it off on each other because you still have to do something with the energy. It's just real. Yes. I said this before, I just wanted to give the family an update of the Illuminati body count, right? Or rather, just, you know, the Illuminati scorecard. 
I had to pull the GPS out on them. I got this new smartphone, so it's able to detect where people are at. You know what I mean? It's real smarter than the fifth grade. So I was like, you know, I could stand on 125th Street and put Illuminati in the GPS, and the ship will go, the, the satellite will go to 86th Street and 5th Avenue, which is 40 blocks away from 100. Real talk, it's, it's 40 blocks away from 125th Street. So the the GPS Google thing will show me that the Illuminati residents, they live all the way from the 80s in the city, all the way from 86, all the way down to the 20s, all the way from the east side to the west side. But the militant, you know, mad people who want to, you know, duke it out with the Illuminati and meet them at the United Nations and, you know, have all of these paper wars, they live right there up on 125th Street. They've known where the Illuminati lives for 50 years. Just the body count, Illuminati zero, Negroes, 10, 20 million. So you're not serious. It's just a bunch of bluff. It's talk, okay? It's talk. That's mm-hmm. all it is. It's just talk. It's talk. Because they bypassed the Illuminati and did a drive-by Lower East Side the other night. They bypassed the Illuminati and they killed the brother in Brooklyn. They went over the bridge and paid the toll and murdered the brother in Brooklyn and came back to Harlem. They bypassed the Illuminati and went and killed somebody on 42nd Street for iPod or iPhone and left the Illuminati alone. They ain't worried about the Illuminati. They let all the Illuminati walk around Manhattan, but they they bust some little kid over his head for a damn iPhone. But the person who makes the iPhone, they don't have nothing to say to him. I don't know. get it. And that's why I tell people, if you want to be gangster, be successful. That's how you be gangster. If you really got heart, you're going to say, despite what they say, despite the odds, despite the circumstances, despite what I'm up against, you're not going to stop me from trying to come up. You're not going to have me in my mind. I don't understand our people. I don't understand why it ain't getting to them. But I'm done arguing with them. When I sound like this, when I sound angry, it is because I'm angry. But when I argue, I've been taught. Never argue with a fool by yourself. But if there's more than two people to entertain the company of guys that are arguing and you are one of the people in debate, then it's all worth the while because that contrast brings evolution of thought. Well, I will be damned if I just have a debate with someone one-on-one. It would be a waste of time when I know you're a fool, okay? I'm trying to explain to people something here, that my mind, is wired in a very different way. This is what I want to explain to brothers and sisters out there. I want to make the message as clear as possible, which I have, but it gets clearer and clearer every time I reevaluate it. I want to make it clear. I don't know if people are mad at me because I refuse to confide in the mythos of the white man. I think everyone that teaches that the white man is a devil is a weak-ass nigger, and he's making other black men inclined to be weaker. What am I supposed to say? When a black man doesn't take care of his children, and he's already in a predicament with one woman that's not cooperating with him, whether she's right or wrong, and yet again, before he gets his own self straight, he makes another baby that he cannot afford. Now, I'm not saying it ain't on the other woman, too, to check his credentials. What I'm saying is this. How many times can this black man make babies he can't afford until it's the black man's fault? How many times can this black man make babies that he can't afford and have children raised in poverty without the father and compromising situations that ultimately destined these children to be cruel?
criminals has the lack of resources have a correlation with criminality. A lack of education has a correlation with criminality. Bad food consumption has a correlation with criminality. And the first people we're going to perpetuate these crimes against is going to be our own people. So after a while, I want to know, at what point, at what point do we say, yo, we got to start talking to our own people? I'm looking for the date where we can have a conversation without even discussing white people. They are fucking gods, man. And pardon my language, brother, but they are gods, man. We can't do shit without saying what they're going to do if we do. We can't talk about what we did without talking about what they didn't do. They are gods, man. Every time we talk about what we did as a people, we got to also undermine what white people done in their community. Why we just can't talk about us and don't even bring them into the equation? We got to have a day. We got to have a no talk about white folk day. Because, you see, the more we talk about them, the less we talk about us. And the less we talk about us, the less we know about us. We don't try to figure out where the white man come from. Niggas will debate where the white man come from. But how many people even know their own blood type is black people? You can ask the average nigga what's his blood type. He won't even know his blood type. Do you not understand when two people got the sickle cell trait, they're going to bring a child into this world with sickle cell? If they only study their trait, they would know that we can alleviate this hardship on a child we're going to bring into this world. This is why in the past, when you got married, you had to find out the blood type of the person you were espousing yourself with so you can know if it was even compatible for you and them to have a child. Because if the woman was RH negative and the man is RH positive, then his blood would diffuse into the woman's bloodstream and if not terminate the child and have the woman thinking, damn, something's wrong with her, or have the man thinking, damn, something's wrong with me, if the child is born, the child is born deficient. Because we don't even know enough about ourselves to make better babies under better circumstances, under better conditions. Because we're so busy studying where the white man comes from, we don't even study our own DNA to understand how its compatibility going to rectify or confirm itself through our lives as being qualified as something that we can use to thrive and make more babies that can accelerate in any day and time despite the blockades and the obstacles. We don't know enough about ourselves. We keep taking time off of study about ourselves to find out about this white man. We are overwhelmed with the white man. And anybody that doesn't appreciate the white man as a supreme power, we want to knock them. We hate anybody that says the white man isn't who he is. I challenge people out there. After you done told me we done built the pyramids, after you done told me that we gave the world math, after you done told me we gave the world science, now you're going to tell me that despite the fact that I'm a child of God, some of you say I am actually am God, y'all say I gave the world math, y'all say I gave the world science, y'all say that we built the pyramids and all these pyramids pretty much are on a 32-degree line of latitude, the tropical cancer, which tells us clearly that we were dealing with a way more sophisticated science. Y'all told me that we have helicopters and you show me it was there in Egypt. Y'all told me that we knew where the star constellations were, Gopolo, Digitaria, as the doggone, with our telescopes and microscopes, y'all told me this. Y'all told me that the ancient Sumerians were also black, and they knew the size of the planet and in what order do they come. Y'all told me this, but then y'all tell me that despite all this information that has been confirmed about our legacy, and we are our ancestors, y'all tell me this, y'all tell me that the only thing stopping us from coming up is a white man, a man you call a mutant, a man you say deficient, a man you say is recessive. You tell me someone that is less superior than you, 
that is deficient, that is a hybrid, that is a mutant, that is stupid in contrast to who and what you are. After you done taught me about dark matter and melanin and how it's conscious and melanin and full spectrum solidified. That's what melanin is, full spectrum of light solidified and light is consciousness. So if we are, if you're dark skin, you're light skin. You teach me all this shit. And then you tell me the shit that's in our way is a fucking mutant. How is it fucking convicted. 
Why is he doing that? Because they consolidate the bid bond, performance bond, and payment bond that the brothers had to sign before being incarcerated and turn it into an MBS, a mortgage-backed security, and it will be the payment for all flawed mortgages. Therefore, the surety can indemnify the bond that represents a mortgage that wasn't paid. So rather than them banking on a nigga paying his 30-year fixed-rate mortgage, no, what we can do is incarcerate niggas, and the work that they do for free as prisoners, we can use those monies that they do not get from their free labor and allocate it towards the flawed mortgages in the form of a mortgage-backed security, which consolidates the three debt obligations that they signed in the form of a bid bond, performance bond, and payment bond, which means you was being sued no matter what the crime was. They fooled you into thinking that it's an instance of morale that they're dealing with, but you were being sued because if you wasn't, why do you have a debt obligation called bond if you wasn't being sued? So we got to be for real and think about what's taking place here. We got to be for real and, and start studying that which we need to study. So when they tell me about white supremacy, I hear you. Tune into this boogie man shit. I hear you. What you going to do when the white man comes for you? You sound sick to me, man. You just sound sick. And I, and I can take it from people 40 years and older. I can take it because they got washed up by white people. I ain't going to lie. And a white man put a stigma on their ass. And I can't separate them from their convictions. I ain't going to try to. I just ask that the older generation respect the younger generation's swag and understand that we don't bear witness to that form of oppression today. Things keep changing. You don't think this white man evolved and changed the way that he may oppress you? You think you're still trying to tell us that we're being lynched, but all you're doing is showing us the pictures, man. And then you're going to show me an instance in America where it's still taking place and make that stand for all black people's oppression. You're going to show me where someone gets shot 50-plus times and make it sound like uh, we're seeing this more. We're seeing more cops kill black people than we're seeing black people kill black people. Cut it out. If you live in the hood, you've seen a gun before. If you live in the hood, you've seen shootouts in broad daylight before. You've seen cats run at the end of the club night because niggas drink too fucking much. They can't hold their liquor and start talking shit. Don't act like you don't live in the hood. Now, the people that don't live in the hood, if you believe in this mythos of white people, maybe, maybe you're right in your own right. But for these cats that's living in lower-income communities, for y'all living in the PC and niggas throwing their they, uh, babies' pampers out the window, for y'all cats that's seeing flowers in the hood, not to be grown, but only when a nigga get bodied and there's a mural on the bricks and then there's candles out, for y'all cats that see this, how are you going to turn around and try to teach me, someone that grew up in that shit, that it's white people? How you teach the youth? How you going to teach the youth? that their biggest problem is white people when they got gang problems in their community, when their parents is being robbed by niggas in the community, where their parents can't even keep a relationship and give birth to them in poverty and can't afford to keep their child, kick their children out their house because they want to do their own thing. The child is 16 years old. You got to get out and get a job, man. I don't want to deal with you no more. This is what we're dealing with in the black community. The parents' priorities is in, is in a jungle. They don't even want to take care of their children. They just want their children to get old enough, hopefully help them pay rent. They can't get out of my house. This is what we're doing with. No one's even happy if the woman finds out she's pregnant. They'll kick their daughter out when she's pregnant, man. They'll say, it's not my child. They'll say, you know, it's going to be a big responsibility. I hope you don't think I'm going to take care of your baby. This is what the hell black people saying to their children now. They ain't trying to keep the three generations in the household. That's the real household. You got the parents, the parents' parents, and the parents' children. Three generations. Your children should be able to see your parents be scolded from time to time from their parents. I was told, yeah, I was, I was told that that's whack, that you're not a real man if you're in the house with your own parents, that you're whack, that you're not one of, you're not a real man, 
You're That's supposed setup, to have man. your own. Huh? That's a setup, man. And, and, and bad enough parents. But, but hold on. But the people that's winning, the Mexicans, the African who came from a damn shanty town, the African who came out of a shanty town, the Mexicans who were sleeping on hammocks. I was in Mexico. I see how they live. They came to the Americas and did with Negroes with a fake independence, you know what I mean, with all of these spells that they under failed to do. And our family in the South and our family who didn't fall under this European spell, they did the same thing. They raised the family in what? The family house. The Africans and whatnot got the family apartment, but now they got the family house because they put the money in the box, okay? But people people can't even afford to live in Harlem no more because why? They charge $1,800 for a two-bedroom. They charge $19,000 for a two-bedroom. They charge in twelve, thirteen, and fourteen for a one bedroom. Everybody want to live by themselves. Nobody know how to shack up anymore. Everybody want to add. Oh, I'm this independent, but you all lonely on Instagram. You, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, what are you uh-huh. doing? What are you and doing? You, and these man, people are trying to keep us right with now. You. I'm gonna keep it a hundred with you. You know, when when I came up and you see this polygyny thing, this is the realest shit you can ever hear, man. We was in the P's. We was in Brownsville houses. My first three wives and I, we lived there in the house. Parents used to come by. I said, yo, what kind of nigga got you in polygamy? Y'all sleeping on the floor. They say, you know, brother polite. They still give me respect. They say, how you call your man brother polite? They just respected me because they talking to you. They call me different when they talk to me directly, but you coming in a certain way. So their parents used to be like, yo, how this nigga got three wives and y'all sleeping on the floor? They said, we got a vision. Uh, three months from this time, we'll have this. Six months from this time, we'll have that. Nine months from this time, we'll have this. Brother Polite said, we should not buy furniture for a place that we don't intend on living in. So the only thing I bought, I had I had shit in there, but my pillows was my buttons and my button machine. My pillows was my computers I was buying, my shirt machine I was buying. I was planning for something big, my printers, my papers, my, you know, my ink, my toners. I was on some other stuff, and I just begged, I just begged them, can you please be patient with me? I gave them my plan. We all said we would work towards it. And we came up. Now, every one of my wives has their own property. Get down to my children have their own property and their own car. My, my wife said, I just got her a drop top. I mean, and I just bought my other wife a Benz, okay? And I just bought my daughter, my oldest daughter, uh, a Beetle. You feel me? So I'm like, yo, listen, we, we started from the bottom. When I say the bottom, we didn't have furniture in our house. But we had a fucking game plan. So when I'm talking to people about family, I'm like, you can't shun family. Family's the most powerful thing in the world. People say, you can't do pollution like that. All you're doing is worrying about economics and finance. What about the love? I said, you see what love did with the black community? We got a different brand and different definition for love. Love is law and family is business. And if you treat your family like a business, a private company, then our families wouldn't be distraught right now. Because when I go into a pizza shop, I see What's going on in Tony's Pizza? I show my children all the time. I said, let's go to Tony's Pizza. Let's see what's going on. You know who in there? Tony's in there. And you know who's sweeping the floor? It's his little boy. And if Tony gets sick and he can't open up the store, his oldest son is going to open up the store for him. And when I go to an Arab store, you know who's doing the cashier? Who's doing the cashier? His wife. The Arab man's wife is doing the cashier. You feel me? And then he's he's doing the other uh, part of the business. And she's probably rocking out on the bookwork and everything like that. When you go to the Jews, same damn thing. The Jews' wife is working at home, and he's out there collecting the rent as the landlord for black folks, for us. 
we have our wives, what, working for everybody else. And I'm not knocking you if your wife works for somebody. I'm saying start from somewhere, make a plan, and don't let no one tell you no different. But we can't keep sitting here blaming white folks for why we can't come up. Because I'm telling you, when a man comes up, and I came up, I'm not even going to front to you. I came up. I have to come up to be able to put on a show uh, with Dick Gregory over five freaking thousand dollars just to get this man to come and then have to pay for the kids and pay for the things and pay for the flyers and say, oh, jump, I'm going to do it and still hit my man off Simon. I'm still going to hit Simon off with his 20%, even though he ain't give me a dime for the event. And if I wanted it, I would told him I need you to put money in for the event. But I told Simon, when I come up, you ain't never going to have to worry about me, brother. I'm paying for Phil Valentine's hotel. I'm not even getting no money from that event when Phil Valentine come through. I'm doing that on the strength that Simon believed in me when I started. That's what real brothers do, man. So Simon and Simon can confirm. I ain't asking him nothing for the Phil Valentine event. I'm keeping it 100 because he saw something in me when I started when niggas didn't even want to give me a plug-in to speak five minutes back in the day. They didn't even want to take a DVD for free and sell it and make money. Man, niggas feel like he ain't shit. I'm like, damn, nigga, you won't even sell a nigga who's asking you to bootleg his shit? I'm like, damn, it's like that. You ain't even looking, listen to me yet. I'm like, all right, I see you. But guess what? I told Simon, because you rocking out with me, fam, I'm going to come up. I don't care what nobody say. I'm going to come up, and I'm going to do it my way. Niggas is like, yo, but up right, you can't uh, do lectures and only reference yourself, man. What kind of nigga do that? You you writing these books, and you just you quoting yourself during these books. I'm like, because I'm the only one talking the way I'm talking right now. So Brother Polite said something in the communicate with the Heavens book that rather deep that I didn't see in nothing else. So I'm going to do it. But when I came up, man, I told Simon, yo, when I come up, you'll see. You'll see me, and you'll see you dealing with a real brother how black people are supposed to be. Because I promised him that. I said, I see the sacrifice that you, you're doing, and I know you're underappreciated as a promoter. When I come up, you'll be able to call me, and I'm going to look out. So that Phil event that's coming up, um, I believe it's the 15th. A week before I opened up our first headquarters in Chicago, New Covenant headquarters opening up in Chicago June 23rd, and the first two hours of the grand opening, we conducting our own auction because we got over 60 properties at our disposal in New Covenant, and we're selling it to our community with no mortgage. And if they ain't got all the money, we're extending them lines of credit. That's the first two hours, June 23rd, <coughs> 4 p.m., we're doing our auction ourselves, okay, with houses and land, okay, with no mortgage. We, bought, we the bank now. And if you don't believe it, you come out and you'll see what we're doing here. And on top of it, it's the grand opening for our first store. And we open up a bar called Head of the Crown. Sovereign Cuts and Natural City uh, Salon. So that shit right there I was listening to, it was in the making when I was young. When I was listening to, to Jay and 50 and these types, when Jay was like, I'll show you how to do this, son. I never realized that that shit was embedded into my psychology, that this day the song would be so inspirational to me because I used to play it all the time, all the time. And Rick, Rick, I'm not a Rick Ross fan, but when he came out with that John Legend, we're going to be rich forever. And people said, man, you're a conscious teacher. Why are you listening to that? I said, that's my mantra, man. I got to know that this is for real. I got to wake up to this shit. I wake up to that. And the Drake... I just want to be successful. I'm like, yo, I don't even care about the rest of the song. It's the mantra, man. It's because it's I got everybody else telling me the white man going to kick my ass. I got to go to fucking hip-hop to get a nigga to believe in me, man. I got to go to hip-hop for niggas to tell me I can actually pull it off because the older cats is telling me I'm going to get washed up if I try it. Don't forget Black Wall Street. You trying to get laid. 
Yo, don't forget Black Wall Street. So what I'm supposed to do? Not having living quarters? Not having the living quarters fucked up my situation as a young man. When my mother and father didn't have nothing for me and I grew up in poverty, it messed up my perspective of the world. Because everybody that was a scumbag was a drug dealer or a rapper. And everybody that was righteous was poor as shit. That's the worst message you can give to a young brother or sister. You begging us to sell drugs or prostitute when you do that to us, man. We got to have conscious people start making money, man. And, and it shows that God will take care of his own. God take care of his own, man. God will take care of his own. We got to stop singing this song that the devil take care of his own and God just make us suffer until we die. We don't know if that shit is for real. Now, you can say, yeah, I know the uh, metaphysical realm is for real and this, that, that. But I'm saying, listen, I know it's real too, but listen to me. Let's just be for real. Too many of us have seen good people die broke. We can't do this no more. And while we sitting here waiting to die, I'm like, is this what life comes down to? We got to sit here and wait to die to get out? And I'm wrong because I'm saying, yo, get yours now and get yours later. Why do I got to be a bum head now and get rich in heaven? I'm not into that, man. What if we all wrong about this heaven shit and we had the opportunity to live right now? What if we all got this shit fucking wrong? Then what do we do? Then what we do? We, 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 we live in eternity knowing that, yo, shit just don't be given to you for free. What if this whole shit where we got all this hardship and, and, and capitalism on the rise and racism on the rise uh, on a subtle fashion and people against blacks all over the world. What if all of this is just to see if God can hand select you as his own because you persevered, because you built character and miss of adversity? What if they just want to see how strong you are and how much faith you have in your own ancestry, your bloodline, and your divinity? What if they just watch you wait until you die thinking that you want to get something, and they say, man, nigga, please, get your ass in hell, you lazy bitch-ass nigga. What if God just talk like that? What if God just like, man, this is me. I mean, you see your black parents, so why should your black ancestors not be worse? Your black parents would have whipped your ass. Why won't Jesus whip you harder? Come on, man. Just think about it, man. Just think about it. How You think they're going to be soft? Our parents was not soft on us. So how Jesus going to be soft on you for being lazy? How are you going to be so lazy? How are you going to be saying, you know, I ain't going to teach because I see what they did to Malcolm and Martin, so shit, I ain't going to teach. Nigga, you should have been there to defend them. But you over here saying, I see what this crack go about, so you better watch out because you know what you're telling me. Nigga, just a small percentage of us was really bad if we live our life like they don't exist, man. And we do what we do, and he be looking at us like, yo, you these guys are crazy. You know, we got to get white people to the point where they be like, man, these niggas is crazy. Like, they don't even care if we come for them. Like, you know, I, I'm not going to be living this life uh, subpar. I don't care if I get 24 hours to do my thing before they take my shit. And I've been living in more than 24 hours of doing good. It's a blessing when I can take my family out and, the, and, the, and I don't even have to care about the check. And I know we're breaking over $500 for the food. And I do it all throughout the week. I'm coming from Florida. I took my family to Disneyland three days straight. A nigga's, the only thing a nigga can say is you funding the white man society. I'm putting something into my children's hearts and minds, man. Fuck Mickey Mouse, man. It's not about him. It's about the black man that's looking out and being there for his children during pinnacle parts of their career as a human being. That's what I'm talking about right here. You can't be knocking every damn thing, knocking a movie, knocking Disneyland. Nigga, you ain't creating one for us, so chill out. We got to sometimes give our children some of this shit, man. You can't be ostracized from everything, man. Hey. 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 H
We can't do nothing. We can't wear no new clothes. We can't buy no jewelry. Not, we can't watch no movies. Not. We can't go to Disneyland. Damn, nigga, Yo, you down, with the man. You What do you do? Why don't you kill yourself? Shit is crazy, man. We can't do you nothing for our but it's against the law. Go ahead, my brother. This shit is crazy. These niggas are depressed. They just <laughs> I want it. <laughs> I wanted to share something that got a lot of feedback on Facebook, and it goes right into what you were saying about us not having fun, like us not enjoying ourselves, not realizing that we missed the ritual. We missed out on the ritual, family. That's right. And I'm I'm testifying because you often hear us talk about we were club promoters in the uh, early 2000s when we was on the hip-hop scene. It's like so sometimes we get into consciousness and we forget the rituals that we were doing and we forget that we are hip-hop. You can't remove yourself from your culture. Yeah, you, you are into Kemet and we about the Moorish Renaissance, but that's hip-hop that's right. as well. That's still, I could show you the, I could show you the DNA of hip-hop and all of that. So I wrote, yes. I'm in the club, and I'm like, yo, hold on. Like, I've been in the house for four years every night on a computer and reading and whatnot. And I haven't been in I haven't been under the moonlight in a place where there's music and dance and a ceremony enjoying myself. So I wrote, I'm beginning to realize that the conscious community may need to explore the possibility of participating in more social events outside of yes. the lecture circuit and weekly class yes. settings to begin to make some magic happen. That's the right. same magic and purpose we will participate in voodoo or spiritual ceremonies applies for the Kleezy, a.k.a. the club, because the spirits are there, which is the liquor. The drums are there, which is the 808 boom back. The sexual energy activating principle is there, ladies free all night. The sacrament is there, the puff puff, you know, that loud. The hallucinogens are there. They even own pills in the club. Then there's an occasional blood sacrifice to feed the altar or what we call the temple that is the club. Because, you know, you get occasional wash-ups in the club. But that's part that's right. of the ritual. So, as a matter of fact, those who participate in the club scene are actively a part of a ritual every time they step foot inside of the function. The mantras, get money, get money. All I do is win, 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 win. We going to make that's it, right. we going to make it. <laughs> You know, as long as uh, as well as the songs that you just mentioned, all of that is being ritualized. I personally bore witness to the magic the next morning would bring after a good night in the club. So, <laughs> with the rise of God in the East Coast people, movement, man. in the West Coast revival, I'm talking about Kendrick Lamar, Absol, yes. um, the Underachievers, Flatfoot Zombie, Sarok, now Ruby Selah. Black Dot, A.A. Rashid, everybody that's making music. There's sufficient music on deck to get back into the party and create our sacred temples so we can utilize the principle of activation, the ritual, the yeah. ceremony that takes place under the moon in the underworld. Lectures cannot do that, nor can watch D nor can watch in DVDs till you pass out. They can't do that. <laughs> Go back to the Zion. Go back to the Matrix. The Zion, the underworld, where they showed you how to activate and use the ceremony to prepare for love and war. There's a reason why 60% of business deals are done inside of the club or the gentleman's club or over dinner, etc. 
social settings outside of the office or lecture halls. It's also a chance to network, socialize, and get to know who you're dealing with. Because I don't know who you're dealing with unless we go out to the club. Real talk. Like, until we could really get it in, I don't know who I'm dealing with. You could be super weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to go into certain settings to see who you're dealing with. So, New York City, Atlanta, Miami, Los Angeles, these are our main places. These, this is where consciousness has a contingency. It's a large number of conscious people out there, and we are all going through the same thing. We, got, we need to get out. We are too talented, and we have too much stuff. To, to, we have too, too, too much social uh, butterflies to be on Facebook waiting for somebody right. to poke you. It's not happening. They should have weekly right. events showcasing all the new talents, as well That's as right. playing the classics, like the 80s and 90s music. Forget about chasing all of that new stuff. They got old stuff that's already classic that will wake up certain DNA. It will get you in the mood to do the ritual. Visuals should be showing imagery that changes our third eye, that charges our third eye, and the frequency of the, mood of the music should stay at a high octave. The stagnation that plagues this movement will begin to cease to exist, and money will begin to flow again. Poetry night, reggae night, God hop night, network night, 80s night, 90s night, comedy night. All of this is needed at this time. Peace. And I wrote that, and I got a, I got an astounding feedback from the family all over those, uh, you know, all over the, the social networks. They was like, yo, that makes sense. They was like, I'm with that. I need to get into the club. Because we need to hear uh, Polite over a hip-hop beat. We need to hear Taj Tariq over a hip-hop beat. We need to hear Sarak. We need to hear um, Nairobi Selah. We need to hear Black Dot over those booming 808 big-ass speakers. We need to see Soul Messiah on the DJ 1 and 2s. If you ever seen Soul Messiah DJ, you know what I'm talking about. That's so what it, is. That's it what goes back to back. what I was saying, that we have become so conscious that we have shut down our magic because our I'm, I, the, the, the lectures are for the programming and the, the ceremonies and the rituals are for the activation. You're not activating nothing as a group. Maybe one or two people killed the chicken the other day or, you know what I'm saying, some people throwing stones yeah. and rocks and coins and all of that. But I'm talking about a whole room. For, I'm talking about a 1,000 people in a room getting it in. All of the movements that's winning right now, the, the 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 LB what is the LBGB the dope boy movement the ratchet movement the short bus movement all of them do ritualize they ritualize they shit every can't night in the club. The money team Mayweather. You know all of them integrate what they do with hip hop. They all because he got his own hip hop is a divinity system. Family hip hop is a divinity system. These are your gods of this era. I don't care what nobody say. Yes, These sir. are the gods of this era. For for you know, like you said, brother, polite uh, to get away from this white man stuff. These are your gods right now. These are the ones who have elevated and put this music out. These are the ones who music from basically, man. Particularly in the case of people like Jake and Fifty, and I know we always saying they're drinking that Illuminati juice. But you gotta. This is what people gotta understand. If Malcolm X could have pimped and sold drugs. Right, and then he become conscious, and he died, and then we appreciate him. Why can't we appreciate a fifty who openly admits I don't drink and smoke, and right now is a major boss 
on so many different levels, and he's cross-marketing his energy drink with his exercise book, with his headphones that you can listen to his music after you drink his energy drink and follow the routine in his exercise book, and he allocates. He breaks down the statistics that if you if you study 50 Cent uh, things like a Harvard businessman, if you look that up on YouTube, it's one of my favorite uh, interviews. If you look it up, the way the man articulates himself, you say, yo, he got him. And he says, yo, I'm actually at a point where I, where I can actually do what I intended to do. And he said, man, I'm supposed to be the bad guy. Well, he said he broke down a statistic that if 1% of the world's leading uh, companies would just donate, they get involved. And he said what he's doing is building a model, a template, to which in every major company he has, a percentage of the revenue is integrated and thus allocated by way of the humanitarian philanthropist efforts of the non-for-profit organizations that feed other nations that need it or families that need it. And it was breaking down to 250 people being fed per X amount of uh, things being sold. So what I'm telling you is this. When you buy one of his headphones, and I'm not trying to sell 50 shit, but fuck it. Why not? He got something to sell. Uh, a nigga who ain't selling nothing ain't going to be telling me he don't support him. So anyway, point being, He's selling his headphones ranging from 100 to five, $600. But the point is this. When you buy his headphones, a percentage of those headphones is going towards someone eating. Now, what happens is, is this. He turned the headphones into a movement when he did that. It's not just headphones no more. Okay, now you're supporting something else in addition to the headphones. When you're buying this energy drink, you're not just uh, pumping yourself up and getting the energy you're looking for. The funds are being allocated towards people that need You feel me? So I'm just saying if you watch the interview, and you hear him break down why it was more important for him to get on the equity side of his ownership and as far as not taking a 7% allocation for products that he would represent but not own. He wanted to have input into the products. When you listen to this man articulate himself and you watch his go, go, go show it, it's your birthday, and he talk all that shit about he ain't into making love, he into having sex. When you watch that and then you see him today and you see him engage in conversation and say, now I can do that which I always intended to do. And because someone was asking me, he said, yeah. yo, I see how you grew. He said, no, I didn't grow. He, he said this. He said, I was defined by how I entered into the community based on what I was propagating. And he said, if it's not broke, don't try to fix it. So he said, I continue to regurgitate those same things because it made me the money. He said, I had the highest debuting album in hip-hop, selling over 12 million copies. Why would I change or deviate? But he said, now I have elevated to a point where I can change my content and don't have to worry about the money, and now I'm in a position where I can help others. He said, mm. I went to Africa, and I seen their hood. He said, I was rapping about where I came from, and I thought it was the worst until I went somewhere else. Because he said, people say, how come you don't feed us over here? He said, yo, man, I don't went somewhere else. And what I consider to be the hood, was something totally different when I went somewhere else, and that's why I'm putting the efforts and energies over there. But the point being is this. So you may say, so why polite study in 50? And shout out to Carl Jones, who's working on, who's a new covenant member, the producer of Boondocks, Black Dynamite. Shout out to him, who's working on 50 Cent's uh, new cartoon. Big shout out to that brother, okay? And he's going to check you out when we get into L.A. I'll be out there. He already know. Uh and a great supporter, of course, of New Covenant, and it's always opened his door to uh, supporting our efforts and doing what we do. Big shout-out to him because he's making it happen. He played uh, in one of his episodes of Black Dynamite. 
Yaku. He showed Yaku one of those episodes on the Isle of Patmos. I said, yo, you're the wild dude, man. Mm-hmm. And then he also showed one of those episodes. He broke it down how Elvis Presley was stealing uh, Little Richard's music. He, I mean, yep. he put all this stuff in the cartoons, man. I'm yes, like, he yo, did. he's doing it. And then all niggas can say is it misrepresents black people. I'm like, yo, you niggas never happy. I ain't shit if I sell drugs. And I ain't shit if I teach you how to buy properties or buy the mortgage. I'm now funding the system. He ain't shit if he was a, a bum-ass nigga on the street, and he ain't shit if he integrates some of what you've been studying and put it in an art form that children could assimilate it. Granted, you give them supervision and guidance so they can understand the significance and the circumstance that he has to deal with with that information now. Yo, stop being so depressed and negative. That's why parents need to have more uh, sexual discipline and, in general, more sex. Because this is the talks of backed-up men and backed-up women, man. They are not having constructive sex or not enough sex at all. And then they do have sex as undisciplined because they're using sex as a vice to escape their problems as opposed to engage in sex to expand their consciousness. These people are sexually frustrated. That's why they knock everything creative because the purpose of having sex is to create, whether you're doing it on metaphysical levels or physical levels. The purpose of sex is to create. So the uncreative are the ones that are sexually frustrated. So every time they see creativity, they knock it, okay? Because you got to be sexually free to produce. Creative people are sexually free. And I'm just telling these people, like, yo, you need to seriously uh, change the vagina that you're going in and out of. The women got to change the penis that they're allowing to come in them because it's making them negative. You need to get charged up by the right type of people, man. Because I can tell people are sexually frustrated because they are upset at anything creative that comes their way. They're never happy. They're not happy if nothing's going on, and then they find something to poke at when something is going on. We got to change our mentality. And this has nothing to do with the white man. I'm talking about us right now. We don't have to talk about him to validate yeah. our position in this world. This is about That's us. Cool. We got to learn PSA. <laughs> What's that, brother? That's a Scorpio PSA. Change your vaginal preferences, family. Okay? You need to start taking pH tests. All right? Yes, sir. That acidic level is really bringing your battery down. All right? You dig it? Nah, but real talk, I want to add on while we at it, you know what I'm saying, of um, pissing the people off with productivity. All right? And we're talking about rappers that have or that are known for one contribution in their careers but have been able through the duration of being able to stay in the game, you know, have been able to add on something else. Now again, us talking about these members of our society because they are members of our society, irregardless of whether you like them or not. Or, you know, because they don't have a comedic name, you feel that they're sellouts or what have you. They're still part of our collective experience. And at some point or another, we have parties to their music. We have endorsed their movement by purchasing their product. You know what I'm saying? And when the lights is out and no one else is looking, we've even rapped their songs. So you have somebody like Dr. Dre, Okay. Dr. Dre, who has been the sound tech and the you know the, the 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 sound musician, magician, and the architect of many of movements. All right, 
And again, this is not a show about the Illuminati. This is not a show about, you know, what they're putting on the beats when they master them. All right? Because everyone at some point or another has party to a Dr. Dre track. You feel me? You already know. Some people might have taken it to a whole nother level and, 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 you know, been able to extract whatever they have out of it. But I'm saying all that to say Dr. Dre this past Monday, um, along with Jimmy Iovine, and we know, all right, that he might be Satan incarnate himself. <laughs> now, he's a known member of the church and what have you, you know, and these people are the, the masterminds behind a lot of the music that a lot of people point out and pinpoint and say, you know, that stuff is destroying the community and it, it promotes this, it promotes that or what have you. They gave $70 million to USC, all right, University of Southern California, to open up the Academy for Arts, Technology, and Business Innovation, right? Now, this school is going to be opening up in 2014. And what they, as businessmen, understood, especially as members of the music industry, and for anyone who's hearing this, is cognizant of the state that the music industry is in, especially if you were on the other side of the rope and actually in the music industry, you know that the music industry is a dying machine. It's almost like a dinosaur because they're not innovative. They don't change. They don't switch up yeah. with innovation. All right. And the secret is out. There's a quiet, there's a small, small, quiet secret about the music industry that not so many people are cognizant of because they're reading into all of the wrong things. And because they have been boxed in by the politics of race, right, by racial politics, they're not able to see the accomplishments of a European brother, okay, and see that as an achievement for hip-hop, period, for blowing the roof off of music. And what I'm talking about is an artist named Macklemore who his album, his independent album, is six times platinum, Okay. Well, his his single, I think, yeah, the um, the thrift shop single is six times platinum. He put another single out and it's two times platinum. His album yep. within itself is platinum. So yep. the music industry, in so many words, is a rap. Okay, they have created a working model to go platinum on an independent record. Now, family, just in case you may not be cognizant of what that means, if you're selling a single for a dollar, all right iTunes gets his share, and you get the rest of the money, and you get residuals based on licensing. They got that. They got his song and movies already. All right. Now, again, you might want to sit there and say because he's a European or what have you, you know, he's getting all of this 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 favorite treatment like Eminem did when Ivine and them brought him out. But nonetheless, it still sets a milestone in terms of the culture and in terms of the music and where music is, is being accessed and how it's being accessed in the entire playing game, the whole terrain, all right? This dude is not a, a, a spring chicken. He's not like 20 years old. He might be 30-something. You know what I'm saying? Been rapper for a minute, has an extremely large underground following. He's Irish. His name is Mac Lamore. Mac is a more assert title. More is a, sur a more assert title. You know what I'm saying? So this dude is doing incredible things in regards to reformatting and reshaping the industry. So the music industry is looking for a way to get their feet in the water 
what Iveen and Dre were able to do with the Beats headphones, okay, was they were able to create an entire culture around technology and audio. So now they have all of these techies and they have the youth, all right? They have the youth who now are engaged with their products. They consider their products one of the coolest must-have products on the planet. So they're just putting these people now in the lab and looking at them and seeing what they come up with. So they created an institution to capture and catalog all of that talent, all right? So this man has created an endowment where his families, 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 families will forever benefit from the work that he put down in this particular game. Now, again, what I'm saying is that this is not an open endorsement of what the brother does, you know what I'm saying? But it is an endorsement of the business move. You feel me? Because you can take that model and you could do whatever you choose with it. You could fit whatever right. in that box, whatever you want to fit into it, it, you can excel and call yourself great and make a power move like that. Do your thing. All right? Do your thing. I'm just simply sharing this to show that, you know, there's there's there's, there's so many levels and there's so many levels and layers to entrepreneurialism, you know what I'm saying, and how to oh. flip your thing like However many year career it is, you know what I'm saying, this probably will be his crown and achievement. So it never stops, y'all. You continuously got to turn this thing over. There's so much waiting on us if we only would step to it. And this is why, at the beginning of the show, it's coming back full circle. What do you do in preparation for these events? Well, I tell you, the number you have to have, a goal, and when you when I say you have to have a goal, you have to have a goal that people can't see, and the goal that everyone can't see. That way, you can protect your truest goal. And what I mean by that is this: what to the naked eye, when I do an event, this nigga just trying to make the money. You know, he gonna get the money at the door. That's to the naked eye, okay? But then the truer goal may be like after the city debate. You know, I got somebody that qualified as my opponent for the sake of jogging because we're using the word debate. And it was it was conducted like a, a intellectual boxing match. So I had somebody that was identified as my opponent that I would pay to do his part. And the grand schema of things was to see to it that I can buy property for the new community but we can erect one of our first farms. After the end of the debate, people who don't even like me were participants in our endeavor to erect our first new government farm as we bought the land. Your line is a little scratchy, polite. Hello? Polite. Polite, you there? I'm waiting for the brother to call back in. His line just dropped. We are approaching on the 1111 anyway, family. Huh? 
Now I say yes, we are encroaching upon eleven eleven. We got to put something out for Baba, Baba Bobby. Yes, indeed. I need you to um, take the reins, Red, as well. Indeed. On this computer. Yeah. Right, so no problem. How you want to do it? You want to play the excerpt and then go into the eleven eleven. You want to speak what you want to do? Yes. Let's play some. Let's play an excerpt from Bobby and then go right into the eleven eleven. Okay, family. All right. I believe this is from. Um, what if your God is the devil? I'm not quite sure. I'll get a confirmation for you by the time we come back. Nonetheless, it's uncut. Royal Bobby Hemet. The white man. In actuality, the white man, you say, well, how does this God function? You just look at the white man and see how the white man functions, and you can understand how this God functions. He's a jealous God. He's a vengeful and a, and a wrath and brimstone, a killer God. You understand what I'm saying? And everything that functions that, 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 that holds this society, so when the white man writes on his dollar bill, in God we trust. He's talking about his God. He actually has a real God. Now, he took all around the world, he took what is called the esoteric scriptures of saying that you are God and you belong to the host of heavens or the host of stars of heaven and we are all one. He would take the same scriptures and he would take the esoteric scriptures and make them exoteric where you worship him. In the Gnostic scriptures, the real scriptures, they say that this God made a covenant with Abraham. This God, Yahweh. And he made a covenant with Abraham and promised this little group or whatever that he would save them. He would save them and everybody else would go to hell or whatever type thing if they can somehow make the scriptures as if they got to abide by laws. Obey laws and all this particular stuff. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, indeed, family. That was a very, very quick excerpt of Bobby Bobby Hemet doing what he does best to the family who might not be um, informed about what's taking place with Brother Bobby Hemet. He had a massive stroke. A few days ago, he is said to be recovering um, well at home. Nonetheless, we want to blanket and envelope the brother in some love and some light. You know what I'm saying? We want to send him our best regards. We want to unify as one mind. And we want to, um, you know, send that signal, that signal out, that ever-encompassing love and light, that white light. All right, so we definitely want to hold our brother in some love and light energy, send him that mental healing, you know what I'm saying, put good thoughts on him or what have you. All right, so we are going to be getting into this meditation. Omni Pat Me On. We will take a brief intermission while we do this, all right, and prepare ourselves to send the energy to the brother. And we will be back shortly, family. Peace. Good morning, good morning, good morning. 
sir. Back in the building, y'all. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. Peace, peace. Yes, sir. Peace, peace. Uh, I wanted to make sure I put out the website for people that are interested in viewing this Sunday's event. May 19th, we shall rise out of poverty by any means necessary, featuring the wise elder Dick Gregory and I, of course, Brother Polite, head of the Crown Illustrious Supreme Grand Apperception of the Covenant Community. It's going to be another phenomenal event, May 19th, this Sunday. For those people who won't be able to make it directly, the pay-per-view will be available. You will get the pay-per-view link 20 minutes before the actual event. And you can, of course, pick up the pay-per-view, and you'll get a confirmation email that your purchase has been received there at the event to just reassure you that you will receive the link. If you share the link with someone else, whoever uh, uses it first will be the one privy to it. So sometimes people say they link didn't work because they may have shared the link with somebody else. And upon them opening up the link, uh, we can't, it doesn't cater to two people to one link. So I want people to be aware of that you know, uh, before they share the link and then they figure it's not working for them, but it's working for their friend. Okay, so that's how the system is set up. So you can get these pay-per-view tickets at 2012stores.com, 2012stores.com, 2012stores.com. You also can buy tickets to come to the event physically from 2012stores.com. All you have to do is print it up and bring it with you at the door. In the worst case scenario, we could pull it up on the phone to see and get confirmation. But if you can, print up your unique transaction ID number with corresponding PayPal email addresses, uh, presumably, and have that ready at the door. And the advanced tickets, of course, are cheaper online as opposed to you paying for the tickets at the door. Again, it's May 19th. That's the event. And it's at Clara Muhammad School. And over there, I'm going to give you the exact address uh, in a moment when I can pull it up, but hopefully King Simon's online and he can give the full address. If he's online, uh, that'd be good. And I'm going to give that address. And of course, if you want to purchase any of the 70 plus books that I've written thus far, you can go to 2012stores.com. If you want to, if you need to know about the upcoming events we have, like the one that I had three days from that time, Wednesday class, I believe that's Wednesday the 22nd, Okay, that's going to be about IRS, A for B, and debt discharge, the effective way to do it, what gets people locked up, and why would people still continue to teach their way that either gets them locked up, and it's just a matter of doing something the wrong way and knowing you're doing something the wrong way, or using people as guinea pigs, and you never did it yourself, on yourself, but you try it on other people, hoping that it'll work, and if it do, you struck gold, and if you don't, ah, the nigga got locked up. So we're going to go over those types of things and what it can be used for. People try to use it for mortgages. I always suggest that they don't, okay? But we'll go over what to use it for and the systematic approach towards uh, doing it the right way to get rid of IRS debt and then other types of debt, not using it for B, but using the sovereign book for private trust alongside and in conjunction with the PIH Private Interest Holdings Foundation that we set up for people in the community, which, of course, the presumption is that you would have had a status correction already done. Okay, so that's that's after May 19th. That's on Wednesday, the 22nd. Then we also have the event 
uh, grand opening of New Covenant headquarters in Chicago, which is June 23rd, all right? And we'll also be conducting our own auction, selling properties and land 2 to 4 p.m. prior, okay? And then 4 to 9 will be the actual lecture on getting rid of any kind of debt and buying properties without a mortgage and how we have put ourselves in a position to be the bank and be the holders in due course and extend the note to you so you don't have to be a victim of high publication. Something that I have explained in certain classes to show how they've been able to leverage your debt and use it as an asset and thus perpetuating this uh, leverage, so to speak, where people can create assets or monetary value out of your debt where you're the one still asking for loans or loan modifications to pay for that debt. Someone else is using the debt, giving it to someone else to use the debt, giving it to someone else to use the debt, and this is all based on the hedge fund that is placed in when it's posted as collateral and when it's put into a hedge fund, there's a <laughs> there's a market out there in the UK where you can go undergo rehypothecation as much as times as possible. Whereas in the States you have to subject yourself to the 140% constraint when it comes to holding a mortgage note and leveraging the debt, using it thereby as an asset, thereby using it as an asset. We're going to go over all that other stuff in more coherent fashion on June 23rd to, you know, free our people because there's no way in hell that we should subject ourselves to 30 years of paying for anything physical that will calcify your spirit. The main reason we teach this information as far as economics is concerned, so you can have the freedom or the free time, for that matter, to go back into introspection, have the free time to read, to study, educate your children, meditate, and things of that nature, grow food, plant some flowers. You know, you're not going to have the time to do these things or recapture your spirituality. It's tantalizing when you learn about herbs that you can't afford. It's tantalizing when you learn about crystals that you can't afford. It's tantalizing when you learn about how significant your spirituality and your time in general is, and you don't have it because you've got to work two jobs, work overtime, pay your phone bill, pay your light bill, pay your gas bill, pay miscellaneous, take care of your children, pay child support if you got it, okay, and a host of other things. It'll calcify your spirit. Your mind will be so preoccupied with catering to physical obligations that you have no other course of action to take but to just completely uh, just hold spirituality null and void as it relates to your life and your, your general routine day to day. So June 23rd, we'll be having the grand opening New Covenant headquarters out there in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, our BIO business intelligence officer is Martel Hogan. He's doing, he's doing a great job organizing the people out there as a member and officer of the community, representative of the community. We implore that everybody get out there. It's a black business in the black community or what we call a black community. We just want to put something there as a venue for people to exchange in commerce and engage in information that could definitely uh, liberate themselves and their, their family immediately and abroad. All right, And then, of course, the final weekend, I'm in Indiana, Indiana, Indianapolis. Okay, Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm over there on the 30th, which is a Sunday. And all of these events, you can find the flyers and more detailed information from newcovenantplus.com. If you go to N-U-C-O-V-E-N-A-N-T plus P-L-U-S dot com, you'll find all this information as far as the events are concerned. Make sure you get in the building this Sunday, May 19th. Make sure you get in the building. We'll be there online, 2012stores.com. You can buy the pay-per-view tickets or the tickets to come in person. 
or like I said, you go to newcovenantplus.com, and you can learn about more information and how to get to the event, the address, and time. It will be Dick Gregory and I, and in a building that still bears Malcolm X's name on the deed, right after the event, I have to go into dialogue with the people of that venue because the building is at risk of being taken. I was invited to talk to them later on in the evening to discuss how to save the building. Okay, so uh, it's a powerful place. It's a ritual that we're going to undergo just considering it's Malcolm X's birthday, considering that his name is still on the deed, considering Dick Gregory's relationship with Malcolm X in general, considering me as new generation, picking up in some ways where he left off while still having my own personality, spirit, and drive to hopefully implement something that wasn't there when he was around with options that he may not have had that we have today. So it's going to be a very powerful event. Bring your family, bring your children. This is what we do. You know, white folk and them, they may go to Broadway plays, okay? They may go to a Broadway play or whatever it is that they do in the community. This lecture thing that we do right here, these dissertations that we give, this is what we do. Bring your family, bring your children. We go to the movies and we patronize them and watch some Iron Man movies, and that's okay. And we watch the new Batman, and that's all right. I'm not knocking it. But this is what we do. This is what we have to offer. This is our theater time. This is our education time. This is what we have in our community that we do that's creative, that's part of the liberal arts. So make sure you bring your children, your family, your spouse, anyone that you think needs this information. Take them out. It's good food, alkaline food, and everything at the event to make sure that the food that you digest will better enable you to assimilate the information that you get. We'll be having black rice available, black kinoa, made with black salt, how we season the food. We also season the food with savory sea moss mixed with bladder racks. Okay, we have uh, black mission figs that's going to be inside of the raw kale salad. Red kale is what we're using. Cactus available. So we, we're going to be going hard, and the food is real good. It's real good. And like I said, we can't sell you food that compromises one's ability to assimilate information. And also I want you to know that we will not just be highlighting problems in our community. We'll do a little bit of that, but we're going to be addressing the issues and giving resolve, resolve that you can sit there, take notes on, and say, yo, I can actually implement these ideas. Again, this is New Covenant Community that I'm representing. It's a beautiful thing that we are in a position to sell land, to sell houses. We are the bank. People told me I was bugging when I said I'm going to do this, and I still got people saying eventually they're going to bring you down. I said it's a shame that black people, it's a shame that black people are praying on my downfall in anticipation of being right about white people trying to slow me down rather than saying I'm going to join him and we're going to fight to keep this alive. And at least we'll be the one group in history that fought back because I'm telling you, I'm not the type, man. And I tell people all the time, I got my ratchet all the time when I'm at an event. And so and so long as I can help it and my wits is quick enough and if it's not, my man's and them got me. I'm telling you, I'm not Malcolm. And I love Malcolm. But you're not going to do the, oh, get your hands out my pocket shit in the middle of our event. <laughs> you gun me down, you getting gunned down. Same event. We're not doing it this way. Now, I don't like to talk all that militant stuff all the time because I don't want people to misconstrue our ultimate message because our ultimate message is economic, spiritual economics at that. But I need people to know something. You don't have to be oppressed if you don't want to be. I don't have to accept slavery. I don't have to accept oppression. I don't have to accept anyone as my God or anyone as my devil. All I have to do is accept me. That's all I have to do. I know 
my limitations and I know where my shortcomings are, and I have to fix those things. If more people spent time on cultivating themselves, they would realize there's no such thing as a devil outside of them. It took us years to realize God exists in us. How many more years is it going to take to realize the devil exists in you too? All this stuff that happens in the external world is a fictitious play of illusion. That's all it is. Fictitious play of illusion. None of these things is outside of us, man. Everything, all paradigms, we're still creating paradigms. We create our world. If you got yourself in a state of mind that you can't come up because there's a force out here that's going to keep you down, then that projection alone will make you magnetize to that fate. If you got in your mind that in regard to what everybody else says, for some reason I just know I'm the type that's going to come up despite the blockades, despite the obstacles, then you will be magnetized to that circumstance. Didn't say it's going to be easy, but if this is your conviction, it is and also will run concurrent with your reality. That's what we're talking about in New Covenant. We don't accept the, the limitations that has been accepted for far too long. We, we can't conceptualize the things that people try to impose or impart upon us when they talk to us and speak to us of limitations. We are not blind that there are some obstacles before us, but we are not the type that's going to complain because they are put before us. That's what makes life so interesting. That's what separates the good from the great and the greats from the greatest. You know, the people who don't complain because something is difficult. We don't complain because it might be a little difficult or very difficult for black people. We're just going to fix the situation and make it pop. So I'd like to thank everybody for that time. And in regards to the preparation before we get to the calls, i like to let people know, like, this is a lot of work. Do you understand? And you have to be willing to have patient money. Any real investment that you put out there, you have to have patient money, meaning black folk like to put $20 into something and they hope they can get $200 an hour later or hopefully tomorrow. And if they don't get it by tomorrow, yo, nigga, can't get my money back. Like, I'm expecting this shit to pop. I just buy this shit and spend my shit on some sneakers. Then if this is the case, you know, we got to have, we got to put ourselves in a position to have patient money where we can invest in something and it may not happen overnight, but we understand that it's a work in progress. And when I do these events, I'm investing in our community. I'm investing in talking to a diverse diversity of crowds and audiences. That's why I put on all these different events in cooperation with Brother King Simon, who's a genius at marketing himself, who taught me quite a bit. All right? So this is why we put on these events, because we are always thinking about expanding our community. This is why we put on these events. So you may see something from the front end and say, man, I know why he's doing what he's doing. But you don't realize I'm investing in a year or two from now. I can see a vision that people don't see. I see where I'm going with the community. And a lot of people say it ain't going to go there. But now they're starting to see it and say, damn, he actually went there. It doesn't matter what nobody else says. It only matters what I can see. Because once you get to a certain level of your spirituality, you can materialize your conceptions. That's when you know that you're on your godly vibe, your godly and divine mission, when you can materialize your conceptions. And what I'm telling you is it is rough, but I love it because I used to live a life where I used to say, man, there's nothing to do. Now I live a life where the days go by so fast. I turn around and tell my wife uh, just yesterday, I said, man, we almost halfway through the year already, man. Now for some people, it's been a long year already. For me, I feel like I just was acknowledging uh, these people's New Year's, <laughs> January 1st, not too long ago. I'm like, the year's going by fast because we're so creative. we always up to something. we always doing something. Time is always of the essence. So the year goes by that quick when you actually 
uh, challenging yourself and putting yourself to task as it relates to your creativity. And as we look at what we're doing here with these events, it's a lot of preparation. Right now, I was in Florida when this show started, and I'm in Georgia right now, and I probably got another hour and a half before I wound up in the next state. And I'm heading to uh, New York with a trailer with a bunch of supplies to head to New York to pick up produce as part of what we do for the events to cook food. Then I also have uh, ownership in a health food store at Fulton and Nostrand, okay, on Fulton and Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York. Okay, we have our own health food store over there. And if you get a flyer from us, you can go in there and get 10% off on the food that we're selling up in there. It's a real powerful spot. It's called Food Food Emporium. That's where we sell our black rice, our black quinoa, our pink salt, our red salt, our black salt. You know, we're in there. We know what we have to do. And like I said, if you come in there with a flyer on behalf of Brother Polite, you have one of our flyers, uh, it would be clear. If you come in with a ticket confirming that you purchased anything, you'll get 10% off of anything that we're selling in there. The Twins was there when I had my restaurant. I only closed it to start teaching. You know, it's a suggestion for Dr. Tate. You know what I'm saying? But uh, they was there. I had four bookstores in a restaurant. I was going hard. Matter of fact, Blue Pill was there when I had one of my bookstores in, in Brooklyn at Utica between Bergen and St. Mark's. And it wasn't a failing store. I left that store to get a big one. And then I was doing the restaurant because I like to cook. You understand? So there's nothing so I don't got no high school. I mean, I barely got a high school education. I dropped out in 10th grade. There's people with exceptional degrees and credentials far surpassing me who can articulate themselves better than me, who know a whole lot more than me. But for some reason, I knew how to have five stores in Florida and Brooklyn, one of them in Philadelphia, West Philadelphia. Okay, so it's powerful. Right now, I'm back on it again because I'm ready. I'm back on it again because I'm ready, but none of my stores ever fail. And with my children that I homeschool, I have to fly into town with my children so they can take exams at the end of the year, despite the fact I'm in another state doing class. At times, I have four classes in one week from Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday will be four different states. And I'm driving because it's more cost-efficient to have my trailer driving with Driving with all my wives and all my children is more cost-efficient to carry out belongings and do the mileage. But then I might have to fly into town because I'm homeschooling the children, but I have to make sure that they take these exams at the end of the year that shows forth and prove that they can qualify. My daughter that's 16, she's done with school this year for me homeschooling because, you know, I teach intensive calculus, calculus, algebra, geometry, sequential mathematics, one to six. So I do the math part of the curriculum in our house while I also have to write books, while I also have to put together my PowerPoint, while I also have to teach class, while I also have to be a husband to more than one woman and a father to more than one child and still do the driving like I'm doing now while everybody's in the car asleep heading to New York to do a class and I ain't even do the PowerPoint yet. And I'm releasing three books the day of the Chicago Grand Opening okay, which is not even a month from the time of the May 19th event. So when we talk about preparation and I have to talk to people, the street team, to give out the flyers as we're doing over 10, 15,000 flyers to pump them out on the streets. And then I have to do the budget with my wife to make sure that everyone's getting paid at the end of the day. All these monies is coming from us. We've got to figure out there's a means justified extremes. We have different people that, that are on the bill different artists, different people, uh, different comedians that we have to decipher when is the best time, when, when is the right time, when it suffice to introduce them into the lecture circuit simultaneously while I introduce myself to their genre of activity or their occupation. 
uh, does the budget allow for it at this time? Do we want to invest at this time for new cabinet exposure? The preparation is deep. I have to sit at a round table with brothers and sisters, particularly my family as well, my wives immediately, and we have to discuss how much money is we willing to put in for August budget for lectures and travel. How much do we have to put in for toners, inks, you know, uh, papers, uh, what people we have to switch. We have to check proficiency exams so we can employ the brothers and sisters in our community. We have our own insurance in New Covenant. We have our own online bank. We have our own MasterCard. We have our own language called Indu Asusu and, and New Covenant. We have lessons that have to go out every month, sometimes two, sometimes three, okay? If the proficiency exams will be taken May 19th, this Sunday, for people that are looking for a new covenant occupation, who want to be self-employed, entrepreneurs. We have our own midwives, okay, that are that are paid by new covenant. We have our own debt discharge uh, medium that are paid by new covenant. People that do status correction, people that are caseworkers, people that are mortgage specialists. What we've done and managed to accomplish in such a short span of time, with my guidance and also the support of some brilliant brothers and sisters that have joined our community. This thing is fast and it's growing. You got to consider that we have more people that join us paying to be part of our community than people have people joining their communities for free. And I'm not knocking them. I'm saying it's a testament to what it is that we have to offer. And then I also have to deal with the critique and the loss of credibility when we put people in position that have great intention but do not have the skill set. And I'm trying to tell people this is why we have the proficiency exams because we've learned that intention and skill set are two different things. So people want to help, but then they get overwhelmed because they don't have the cognition, they don't have the knowledge, they don't have the know-how to perform on certain levels and scales because we have our own publishing company. We don't just publish our books, my 79 books, and I'm releasing three more. We have to also publish other people's books. Okay, so this is deep things that we get into, and it takes people to be very learned at what we do. We have our own form of attorneys that when people also need some representation or their paperwork declared when they have to go to court, that we have to have the brotherhood show up to show the support or the sisterhood to show up to show the support. We have our own initiations. We have our Sassadotto School, esoteric and exoteric Sassadotto Schools called Sarab, and we also have one called Sipar. One deals with the physical world in terms of herbs and ideology and things of that nature and language, and then the other one deals with, like, solar numerology and things of that nature, okay? So there's a lot of stuff going on in our community, and all of this has to be upkept and maintained as we prepare for an event. We have to make sure we have our flyers ready for the event. We have to make sure our business cards are ready for the event. We have to make sure that membership can be signed for when it's time for the event. I have to make sure my children's homework is done before we even discuss their participation in the event. I have to homeschool while I'm driving in the car. Preparation is mean when it comes to getting ready for these events, and that's what I'm talking about when I say there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that takes the cooperation and collective effort of the community, more especially my wives, okay, and children. And they are there with me every single event. And to get women and children together with you to take two days and a half drives to California only to stay out there for two or three weeks at times because I have classes in other states, in Utah and Minnesota and all these other states, sometimes 13 cities, 15 cities, all in one month, driving while I still have to homeschool, while I still have to take people out to dinner, while we still celebrate a birthday here and there, okay, while my children have to adapt to not being in the same state all the time or not for too long, 
while I still have bills that I have to pay personally. And making sure I don't make a mistake, because if I make too much error with money, if I make any error with money, I have so many lives that are relying on me. It's ridiculous. From the community outside to my indoor community called my family. There's a lot that goes on, and it takes a great deal of responsibility and know-how. So when y'all make the comparison to Mayweather, I'm, I really look up to that brother and 50 and J for different things, not what people were criticizing for, for the things people don't even, or what they fail to acknowledge about them. When you say that, it means a lot to me because I study them because they come from a place I come from and they've excelled. So I study them because I can get it better from them than I can get it for Warren Buffett because he's white and uh, he can't motivate me the same way. I like the information. But I don't get motivated the same way I get motivated when I hear somebody that comes from our community that learned there's more to life than being on that hood Negro stuff. I appreciate what those brothers have to offer. And I've learned from Mayweather how to get people that don't like me to patronize me by showcasing my ego. They will pay to see you fail if you debate. They will pay to see you fail if somebody else is going to teach next to you that disagrees with you. I learned how to get people that hate me to fund my endeavors better than the people that support me. That's what I learned when I study these brothers, man. I'm on a whole other scale of thought, but I thank everybody for their support, and I've grown quite a bit in these years, and I'm probably going to be in the magazine another three to four years from now. But it'll go hard. I just want to show it the way that I see it and what's emanating from my heart, the way this information resonates in me. You know, shout out to the Phil Valentines, the Bobby Hemmerson, because we wouldn't even be here to showcase our talents that they didn't lay the foundation down in the first place. So we always got to be humble enough for the Dr. Benz, the Sheikh Andy Diaz, and everybody else, the Khalid Muhammad. You know, they paved the way. The Dr. Yorks, of course, my teacher, my master teacher, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, he's a master teacher of mine. You know, I, I got to appreciate these kind of people. The noble Drew Ali's, we can't forget him. The sister soldiers, we can't forget. You know, even down to Shirley Chisholm, man, we got to respect her for her strength. Harriet Tubman's, the Nat Turner's insurrection. All of these possible. The Dr. King, the Malcolm X, these people made it possible. Tupac, we got to go hard for Tupac, man. They made yep. it possible for us to do what we do today. So we got to be humble enough to, and Queen of Four. And the my eyes and the Dr. Savies. I hate to admit. Hello? Hello? Let's see if it's Brother Call. Yeah, the Brother Call got dropped. Give us one second until he calls in. Callers in the chat, in the call queue, I mean, I see you with your hands up. Family, we have uh, 15 minutes left for the live broadcast. So what you can do at this time is call the number 347-637-2135. That's 347-637-2135. Fifteen minutes left to the live broadcast. I'm going to go ahead and open up the brother's line. It's you, bro. I'm in. Is this the phone that you want to broadcast on, or is there another one? I'm on this phone. Okay. Let me just say the event real quick. The address is the Akbar Hall, uh, Clara Muhammad School, 1174 Bedford Avenue, between Putnam Avenue and Madison Street. That's Brooklyn, New York, 
1216. Again, that's 1174 Bedford Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, between Putnam Avenue and Madison Street. Okay? The doors are going to open at 2 o'clock. Doors open at 2 o'clock p.m. It's $30 in advance, more at the door. Did Gregory and I. Indeed, indeed. All right, family, make sure we get out for that. And pack the, uh, you know, pack the theater. You know what I'm saying? Treat You're it like enough. it was a debate. Treat it like it was a debate. Pack the theater. <laughs> right up. You All right. Know. So we're going to go to these callers. First caller is a caller from the 860-680. Peace to the caller from the 860-680. Welcome to Notre Ledge. Hello? Yeah. Yeah, peace. <laughs> Hey, um, damn, uh, I, I was first caller, so it's surprising. I guess, um, one of the things I find interesting on tonight's show, which is wonderful, but I find it with some of our people that are sick, that I find, it, it's not no disrespect, but I find it that it could be said much more properly. And what I mean, brothers, is we're going to bother him that um, he has a stroke and he's all right now, good thing, is that, you know, people that are called like a medicalist or, or what do we call it, should not really justify saying it because of his lifestyle that causes his stroke. Yes, we know that people forgot to say it. Bobby um, was a vegetarian for one, one point in his life, and then he went flip-flopping back, and, you know, with the drink and stuff. Brother, but really, I know, brother, I mean, you yeah, have vegetarians uh, that have had strokes. So I don't understand. Oh really? Uh, which yes, yes. You were not aware of that? Nope. I'm I'm not aware of many things because nowadays with sickness, it's a, it's very a questionable thing in today's age with with regards sickness. Indeed, indeed. Um, well, I, I, I mean, think the best thing that we can do for the brother is to send him the information we think he needs most. Um, mm-hmm. More as opposed to critique at at this crucial moment with his mm-hmm. family. I mean, us us we can get it in with the knowledge and go in hard. But as far as and being empathetic uh, towards his family, the best thing we could do is whatever suggestion we have, or if we have the monies, buy the herbs that we think would do best for him with instruction, and let's let's do it like that because with that there's no adversity because. I tell people all the time, you know, they talk about health a lot, and they say, man, mm-hmm. this herb would do this, this herb would do that. And what I always suggest to people is to take something in consideration. If you're dealing with okay. the element of negativity in your community or negativity in people in general, the people that you have around you, right, the people you have around okay. you will produce the same toxins that you're trying to avoid when you're not eating swine. So it's deeper than even what you eat. But I'm not, I'm not making a pass okay. for not eating okay. good. I'm saying that what we want to do is every time we take a stride towards supporting somebody, we got to deal with it in a spirit of grace, humility, and in peace. Because if we don't, then we may produce the same toxins, though we may have good intention. Our intent may be right, but the the road to hell or the pavement of hell has been paved with good intentions. People mean well, and they oftentimes hurt people in the process. So we have to find a way to help where it doesn't produce the same toxins that people are trying to rid themselves of 
through food. So it's not simply through food. The power of okay. suggestion and the way in which we give the suggestion. I'm not knocking you because I hear you and I appreciate what you're saying. It has to be said because you said it. I just I yeah. just want to put something up to it because you okay. might have to help somebody that is in your immediate area and they may not receive you because they may feel like they're being attacked. I don't feel like you're trying to attack nobody, so I'm not trying to knock you, brother. Mm-hmm. I just want to put that you, out there. You bring a good perspective because I'm trying to get an understanding of this, this shit. Because yes. it, it is funny that I say, okay, how much times you try to do as much, but it looks like the environment or the people around you is causing some sickness. I don't know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Because I say, I'm mad like that. And, and I don't know nothing about much about – we all know about health conditions and all stuff, but if there's more – it looks like there's something more to this. So really, cause the time I got you. You know what I'm saying? And I'm trying – and then when I brought that question, you brought a very – even the twins, I, I thank you for, for clarifying that. It's, a, it's another avenue to think about. So it's a, this is more deeper than what, what goes into the belly nowadays. This is something yes. serious. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing, brother. Yeah. Take this into consideration. When you're mm-hmm. a teacher, you have to subject yourself to so many different energies and spirits. Mm-hmm. It, it goes beyond the conventional elements of health. When you put yourself out there to be around mm-hmm. so many different people that are emotionally unstable, emotionally progressive, mentally progressive, mm-hmm. and mentally unstable, it plays mm-hmm. a toll on your spirit. It pays it plays a toll on your physiology. Some of which we can see, some of which we can't see. The mock, the ridicule, the the skepticism, the distrust that leadership has to deal with year to year is enough to plague you and make you sick. It goes beyond uh, just the convention of health. So we always have to consider those things too. And whatever the case may be, we have to enforce the ideology of resolve, which is to say, man, let's just support and figure out how we can help that man. Okay. And then uh, we speculate that's later. Fair. That's, that's fair. That's fair. All right, thank you, Twins. I mean, well, actually, the other question I would have to ask is, in regards to um, the creation of white supremacy, and you think if, the, if our people stop feeling this so-called thing, what they say white supremacy, you think in time it will so-called dissipate? <laughs> I don't know if that's the right question. Oh, do I think it will dissipate if we stop thinking about it? Yeah, it's more than that. Is that, is that what you're asking me? I want to make sure yeah. I got you because I'm driving. Yeah, yeah. let's start. All right, so I'm going to answer it shortly because I know that there's other people on the line. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't believe that it will disappear because I don't even believe it appeared in the first place. When I was yeah. in a certain mind state and white people were my God, I believed in a white supremacy. I let go white people being the big bad wolf, the boogeyman, that Tony's Pizza secretly in his basement has a bunch of nooses down there to kill black people. I let that go. Tony's just making pizza, I found out. I snuck in his basement. He didn't have shit that he was worried about for black people. In fact, I also did some time to realize that black people are the biggest consumers in America. Why on earth will white people be mad? White people don't support white people as much as black people. So why would white people want to do us that much harm? Now, you may be talking about a small group of ignorant white folks, but I'm talking about the, the upper class of white folks. They love niggas right where they at. We we, we fill up their workplaces. All our sisters is at Home Depot running the cashiers. All our brothers is picking up the French fry boxes and doing security. Why on earth would they hate the workforce? You feel me? So we got to consider this. 
said, I don't think white people hate black people as much as they profess because if they did, they wouldn't be able to stand seeing us when they come to open up their doors and their offices in the morning and see a nigga over there playing security guard to protect him or to hire a black woman to take care of their children and maybe even breastfeed them. I don't think they hate us as much as you've been taught that they do. I think, in fact, their whole world will crumble if we no longer work for them. So um, I'm telling you, I don't believe white supremacy will dissipate if we just ignore white people. I believe that it didn't even, the white supremacy didn't even exist. exist. I can't even put, it's an oxymoron. How could you put white and supreme together as it relates to race? Because we know what white is. But how could you consider the group of people that you consider to be white? With all the knowledge you have about what makes us special and what makes us black, with all the knowledge you have about melanin and dark matter, how could we even conceptualize or contemplate on a suggestion that there can be such a thing as white supremacy in the first place. It don't make sense to me, but if it makes sense to you, you're entitled to that. But at the end of the day, if I come with a project that makes sense, that can help you, you have to be wise enough to use it, and we just uh, agree to agree. I don't believe in agreeing to disagree, and that keeps us in conflict. Cool. All right. Thank you, Twins, for for, um, for me taking my call. I'm going to let other callers ask their questions. I think this was helpful. I won't probably meditate, but I'll give my best to Bobby Hammond and hope he's peace. peace, brothers. All right. Peace. Thanks for the call, my brother. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, we're going to go to the 215. I think this is the family, family from the 215-609. Peace. Call it from the 215. Peace. All right, we're going to get back to the God body. All right. We have a caller from the seven six zero five five nine. Caller from the seven six zero. Peace. Welcome to Know the Ledge. Peace. How the family doing tonight? All is well. Doing good. Peace to you, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much for the blessing. Um, I just wanted to give thanks for the forum first and foremost. Appreciate you. Yes. Um, and thank you. Thank all those who came before. Thank those presently and those to come coming to do this God work. But again, um, salute to all the young soldiers, and thank you for bringing back to remembrance um, these Malcolms and these Garveys and these Selassies, these powerful right. um, personages for us to keep in remembrance. But, um, yeah, I just want to send some salutes to the family. I know you're working real hard, and... Um, just pray the family sees your vision and recognize and rides along. No doubt. And again, um, and I got thanks, some for, questions, uh, thanks for bringing up the king, man. We got to uh, put in Kitamari Haile Selassie the first. I'm glad you put that out there because we also got to throw him in the category. Every time, every time, um, you know, that's the first door I was able to walk through. So we always got to give salute to the rainbow and you know, to open my eyes to this whole fullness and the, the wholesome of the whole thing. But, um, again, thank you for um, standing up and doing the work and holding up the flag. And, um, again, what y'all, what y'all doing out west? I heard, um, you know, I know lots of stuff going on out east, but what y'all doing out west? Um, uh, well, I'll be out there for about two months uh, in July. After my last okay. class, probably will be in Connecticut uh, the first week of July. Then I'll be out there. I'm be, uh, last time I was out west, I took members to a an auction 
and we purchased property. Uh, I did a class on it prior, prepped people throughout the week, and took them out there, and we bought properties. And I get out there again, I'm going to be doing it again. We bought properties in Sacramento. This time around, we're looking to buy some in L.A. or in Oakland. But uh, you can stay in tune with us. Get on the mailing list on the newcovenantplus.com website and, and see what's good because we're out there and we're having a good time progressing. You know, we also have to engage in the part of our story. In every era where we may have been oppressed, we failed to mention the people that were succeeding during those eras. You know, we allow this this system to keep going. There's people successful today that's black. But if this pays up the conscious community 50 years from now, will not mention the successful people of today that are part of our community. There's always successful black people in every era. It's never an era where we just being rained on. That's not true. We're telling history from a white supremacist perspective, and that's black people doing that to black people. That, this is mental abuse, man. You can't just teach one side of the story, man. There's another side of the story. We are always succeed. We're always successful in every era. We refuse to acknowledge that. Because somewhere in our mind, we believe that we are doing more good when we don't mention the good that has been done. This is some weird thinking. We got to change that. Yep. I want to say real quick, love and light, peace to the family that have called in and won't be joining us for the um, the, uh, 12 o'clock. You know what I'm saying? I just want to say peace to everybody and, uh, you know, join us on Tuesday. 9 p.m., same same channel, 9 p.m., and uh, we'll be going in with the next episode, definitely bona fide, certified, classic. Make sure you catch the rest of this in the archives. But, yeah, go on in. Yes, again, I mean, I'm ready. Again, thank you, thank you, family. I don't mean to cut cut none of your um, ah. overflowing fountain of, you know, wisdom, but thank you again for um, just extending yourselves and, um, Again, um, yes. just putting some good water out there for for us to receive, and I would um, implore all those um, listening and all those who listen in the future just to do what we can. I know I'm not at the best position economically to support like I know we should or could, you know, because I know we're able-bodied, but sometimes the finances just seem to be evading us um, plenty of times. So, That's um, right. It's true. But, but, but again, um yeah, I just want to thank you and, and like you say, even even if we can get something organized or we can send quarters. I was listening previously how they how they did it up in old days. Everything adds up over time when we um all right. centralized and unified. So, um Harvey yeah, um, raised six million in quarters and coins when he was being deported. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, like you say, that's um almost so, unimaginable. But um thank you again okay. for the time and the forum and um yeah, salute to guys and um spread that love and light. And um all hey, the young salute. warriors, um all the young warriors that you know, be soaking up the game for who we aspire um to grow and to emulate. Um I know you guys is um just young men, um by the same time you guys as fathers and you know, and, and cousins and brothers and, and plenty of other things as well. But um again, thank you family for all the time and and salute to God, um, A.A. Rashid, because we'll be learning lots from the family, too. And um, I know they'll be on the program often, so um, we just want to salute the whole yeah, family. Yeah. Um, Good brother. You know, I represent. Thanks, brother. Indeed. We appreciate it. All right. Um, oh, yeah, I appreciate all y'all. And, um, 
Yeah, um, yeah, again, just thank you. Um, keep it going. Bless it, Lord, Rastafari, every time. And when you make it out west, family, um, I hope we can um, do something for real and link up. I tried to get in touch with one of your Dublin events, but, again, um, you know, it's hard for us to get some transportation um, at times. So, again, we just got to put these things back together um, how we're supposed to because we can't be claiming um, this extra divinity and, uh, you know, living in the gutter and stuff. So, um yeah, we just try to make it happen like we're supposed group to. Ep- group economics, think tanks. You, you, I just want to remind you, family, that you watch Shark Tank? No, what's, what's Shark Tank? Okay. Shark Tank is a program that comes on, and what happens is people go in front of four millionaires and they pitch their ideas to them, okay? We're talking about we belong to a network or what they call a community of geniuses. You feel me? Like these are some of the most enlightened and, and, and smartest people that I've ever been around and in many of my reincarnations. And we live in an era that's called a technology boom right now. This is a 1980s crack flow, part of my French. You feel me? Aquarius. Nobody is realizing that there's a flow. There's a there's an error. This is a boom right now. They're gonna talk about it in ten years when it's over. When a nigga finally makes an app, they're gonna talk about it ten years from now when a nigga finally wakes up and makes a website or an app, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, it's a boom!" And the boom is gonna be long time over. It's been booming. We are Truly. suffering because we're not putting our heads together. Pause. We're not becoming think tanks. We're not getting paid off of our ideas. They're getting money off of ideas right now. They're not even making the product. The product is not even being finished. They're getting a billion dollars off an idea. When you go to pitch to Silicon Valley, they give you seed money for your ideas. You don't even have to show them the finished product. When you go on these crowdfunding websites, Kickstarter, Indiegogo, they are raising millions of dollars for ideas. We, on the conscious community, we're supposed to say all of the ideas. We're supposed to have all of the because we, we think in the future. Some of us say that we came from the future. My nigga, I'm just here from 2050. Right. I'm just here to make sure that y'all build a website and get y'all things right. That's what people be saying. But nobody right. bringing no ideas to the table. So we are suffering, right, because we won't come together. We won't support each other with the numbers that we have. We're not doing cooperative group economics. Everybody is... You know, I, I, I'm, I'm having a feeling it, it, it's a lot of individualism going on or groups, these little tiny groups. But even with the little tiny groups, they don't empower each other. So they could miss me. They don't even exist to me. They don't even make it rain on each other. And everybody else is figuring it out that it's about group economics. you got the weirdos running around popping economically because they deal with group economics. you got conscious people that got you know, positions and stuff like that, but they won't pull other kinds of people up by the bootstraps to help them out. So we're suffering. So we got to get it right. And so more, we can't do these lectures anymore when nobody finds out who's in the crowd. The people that come to your lecture, that's the real money. It ain't the money at the door. The money is the people sitting in the chairs. That's the wealth. Right. Ain't nobody talking to them. Nobody cares about who they are. And those are the that's the wealthy people with the ideas in their head. You got billionaires right. walking through the door, but nobody cares to talk to them. Nobody wants to know about them. They just want to get up there and do them. So we have to change the program. We have to switch this 
into a second gear. We living in the boom, but nobody is booming. It's a problem. We don't even have. There's not even a conscious app on nobody's phone. I'm on on the. I'm on Android, Google Play, and all of that. You can't even pull up a conscious app. They don't even got the MetaNetsa phone app. That's blasphemy right there. That don't even make sense. It's 2013. The car's about to fly. Uh, I'm gonna end on that one. Wow. Well, um. Thank you, cause you you putting out um, marvelous ideas. I'm a I'm gonna try to like you say, just stay in the flow and open up these channels, cause I'm, um I was privy to know someone who's working with applications, and I know it's a lot of economics there. Um, if I could just get the time to meditate and and plant our flowers like we're supposed to, but again, and in, in response to the group economics and things, I'm saying. How um, when we save up these little bit of quarters, perhaps um, uh, we can um, purchase a little bit. Um, I heard you sell um, automobiles, brother. One of you. Mhm. Brother, maybe we can. Maybe we can um, secure some type of um, um, car, and um, and then um, like you say, funnel the money um, where it'll go somewhere appropriate, and perhaps benefit something a little more better than um, going to, you know, Honda Corporation or something. But, um, I mean, again, yeah, but we got to start somewhere first. That That's just my thing, family. And and I don't know if you're aware of it, but you got people walking into the car dealership with no money in their pocket, no nothing in their pocket, just their credit score, huh? Yeah. Just their credit score, they driving off the lot. Where, where, where they could drive off the lot in a phantom if they wanted to. So what I'm saying is this. We have to start listening to brothers like Polite. We have to start getting, coming together as groups and making moves. There's no reason why we don't have a 700 club, an 800 club, people with 800 credit. 700 credit, but maybe we do, but maybe we would never find out if we have them in the audience because what? Nobody talks to them. They be showing up. Negroes want to talk about parking tickets. You got people sitting in the audience with 800 credit, and they telling you at a lecture how to beat a parking ticket. Stop a lot. That's why they losing. That's why the people is losing. They want to show up and talk about how to beat the pettiness. Pay your damn ticket and keep it moving. Let's build this nation. Let's build this machine. Yes, we, if Polite is doing a event in Indiana, why the hell 50 people from New York is not in a dollar van or a minibus going down there to support that brother and set up and vend and meet the people in Indiana so we could build these networks? He's setting the pace. He's going everywhere. We're supposed to be with him. I got to bomb myself. Hold on, man. I got to bomb myself, man. <laughs> Yes, sir. I tell people, I'm man, bad. I tell the youth, man, study BMF. If you want to learn how to win, study BMF, study Big Meech. You know what I'm saying? Find out how yeah. he did what he did and apply that to your consciousness. That's a winner right there. That's how you win this game. You have to join the nations together. You got to get on your Africa Bambada yeah. and join. The power is in the numbers. It's nowhere else. We live in the era that they're showing you through social media that the power's in the numbers. Google don't sell you nothing. YouTube is free, and they're a billion-dollar empire. Facebook don't sell you nothing. It's a, Instagram don't sell nothing, and they're a billion-dollar empire. Why? Because the power's in the numbers. 
people is playing games. I'm tired of the games, man. It don't make no sense. It don't make no sense. So I thank you for the call. You know what I mean, brother? Please stay in touch with us because we moving forward, man. We moving forward. It's a whole lot of hands up in the call queue. We got to get oh, yeah, these we're... callers. Thank well, you bl- every bl- time. Up. Yeah, bliss up, brethren. Thank you every Blue time. A.A. And... Rashid is in L.A., so if they ever doing something and you are in that vicinity that you can make it down there, just holler. Yeah, we're in the San Bernardino area. I know, I don't know if you're familiar, but um, next event, um, I will make myself seen. Um, you know, we'll do what we got to do to make ourselves seen. But, um, again, my name is Marcellus, and I'm going to put that out there. So, again, when we meet, when we do, because we're living in the future, um, y'all already know. But peace, love, and light again to the family. And give thanks for the time peace. on the farm. Bless it. Yes, yes. Peace. All right, we got to go to the 702. Hold on. That's the N-O? 702-810. Peace. Hey, peace, family. Peace, family. This is uh, Johnny from Las Vegas. Vegas. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to uh, Brother Polite. I'm a brand-new family member. Uh, I just signed up in March. Uh, I'm ready to hit the ground running. already got my... uh, Status correction underway, and I'm looking forward yes. to that auction uh, come June uh, out in Chicago. What state are you from? Uh, I'm from uh, Nevada. Nevada, you said, Las Vegas. Gotcha. Yeah, yep. That's what's yep. up, man. Yeah, get up in there. It's going to be great, especially for you, because the members, they're the ones who get in the major discounts. It's good for non members, but it's, you know how we do. It's a community thing because at the end of the day, we want you to buy the property with your uh, MasterCard, so make sure you get in touch with those uh, emails and phone numbers for your caseworker to find out more about it because we have our own MasterCard. So we encourage every member to make all purchases from that MasterCard because, of course, percentages go into our treasury. In addition to that, you're making a donation to your community every time you make a purchase, yet and still you're getting the discount when you use the card. So uh, next time around, like, you may have paid for your status correction, all right, but when you, like, get a trust or a PIH or you buy a property, you want to buy it with our MasterCard, okay, because okay. what that does, the people that we hire in our community to help keep track of all the records, they get paid from some of those funds. And what we was able to do to get it, because this was over 100 grand to even get into a situation like that, did we had 100 grand cash? No, we didn't. We used the trust and the properties that we were entitled to the trust and the UCC trust company to pull it off. But the point being is this, with the MasterCard that we have, it creates a lot of opportunities for us because, you know, we have our own mining concession in Ghana, but we need more technology because right now we got the brothers doing their stuff by hand. So when you are making these purchases off the card, monies are also allocated towards eventually being able to purchase another machine that can dig into the earth the best way uh, we can while also making sure that it's ecology-friendly. So but right now it's the brothers uh, banging out the rocks and going through the rough process, extrapolating the gold content. And, of course, you know we sell the gold for 20% cheaper than the market value. So gold is at $1,700, and you know that we are giving you the gold for $340 cheaper. So that's why in your status correction, I showed you saw important, too, yeah, so if um, when you get to point two, you see one of the things you have to do aside from investing in tax lien is to open up a precious metals refinery account, 
because when you start purchasing precious metals from us, when you buy it for $340 cheaper, you're saving $340. So when you buy it from us cheaper and then you deposit it into your precious metals refinery account, you'll be making $340 every time you save your money. And what happens is it works just like a bank account. So if you put $1,300 in the refinery account, you have $1,300 cash accessible. But what happens is when you put money into a refinery account, it's considered that you've sold something, meaning you conduct a business transaction. And when you take money out of a refinery account, it's considered that you have sold something. Why is this important? Because you can write it off in your taxes. This means every time you buy, pardon me, every time you deposit your own money, you can make money off of that. And every time you take your own money out, you can make money off of that. And every time you buy gold for $340 cheaper, when you put that precious metal in your refinery account, you actually made the amount that you saved off of it. So you win three different times. And the fourth time that you win, this is what I'm also going to be teaching this Sunday. One of the uh, and I'm going to cite the source on Sunday, okay, very credible source. I got out the Forbes, but Forbes got it from somewhere else, okay. 30 years from now, $1 million today, 30 years from now, equals $400,000, okay. Mm-hmm. That's because of inflation. The only thing that can protect you from that is things such as a QRP, Qualified Retirement Plan, which is a cash and tax deferred compensation arrangement plan, and even if you were to fix your QRP to your precious metals refinery account because it's not enough to just hold gold and silver in your pockets. What you want to do is have take your cash reserves and convert them into hard assets by way of a private interest holdings. And that's another story. But what makes the precious metals refinery account so important is because you can take the same cash that you have in the bank and you can make it recessionary proof. So if you have $1 million, it will be relatively close to $1 million 20, 30 years from now. But if you have it in a regular bank account, in regards if the banks don't steal the money, no. If you just keep it in a regular bank account, what's going to happen is 30 years from now, the ratio, okay, of $1 million turns into $400,000, okay, which means a hundred thousand dollars you can see what will happen from that one to four process and this is just because of inflation okay and recession i should say and really what we're going through right now is hyperinflation but the point in case is this the reason why every year that people retire and they're looking forward to their money but for some reason they retire below poverty or they don't have enough money after they retired in their first year of retirement it's because the money changes by the time it's time for them to retire. 20, 30 years from the time that they finally get ready to access that money legally, that they, wouldn't, they wasn't allowed to access unless through distribution if they was going to invest in something major like a house, they come to realize that that little 100000 they was looking forward to, or that 80000 they was looking forward to, diminishes and becomes 20000 Thus, they're forced to work all over again. You have to go to the astrologer of money, which is called the economist, and study what they say money turns into five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 and 20. If you're concerned about your children, your family, or your own disposition, it would be wise to do so because you're going to find yourself in those hate groups bitching about the white man when you're there poor and starving. That's what's going to happen. Okay, but we can do something about the situation. Now, I'm not telling you confide in this system to the max, but I'm telling you you have to start from somewhere. You have to be able to sustain yourself for you to be effective in the first place. So don't let no one fool you and think otherwise. But just status correction will have you en route because you're not just uh, conducting uh, paperwork 
uh, correction and notice. And a lot of people think when we did a stat, uh, do a status correction, we're actually so on permission to acknowledge us, and we believe that racism will be totally uh, exempt from. I don't know what people talk about. When you do a status correction, you're supposed to make money. If you ain't doing a status correction to change your financial disposition, I don't know what good is the paperwork because no one's going to appreciate you anymore if your paper says that you're a godly or you're a king or you're sovereign. That's not uh, the new cognitive flow. I'm tired of people misconstruing us with everybody else's uh, mindset. When we do the status correction, of course, we're using UCC, which is the Uniform Commercial Code, and the UCC is the law that governs secure transactions. And when this, these transactions uh, include assets that need to be secured, thus collateral is in the conversation, we must identify the dialogue amongst the creditor and the debtor, which is why the UCC financial statement is so imperative. And in doing so, you as a creditor, in this instance, removing yourself from the 14th Amendment citizenship and semi-status, quasi, uh, quote-unquote, uh, African-American or black man, once you have identified yourself as a truly sovereign being and a form of being a creditor, a boss, never to be identified or misrepresented as a liability that needs the benefits and the services and the privileges exclusively from uh, governmental agencies in order for you to thrive. No, you know how to thrive yourself more so than you need anyone else for sustenance. Once this has been made clear, you have a responsibility to identify the provisions that give you the rights to own your properties or to own your assets by way of security agreement, and the commercial agreement would be right there. And what will take place is this. In order for you to be a, a creditor, you must have some investments out there. That's why you'll find the Treasury Direct information in there. That's why you'll find the tax lien information in your port too. This is why you'll see the conditional notice of acceptance, the bond of promissory note that you create. That's a goodwill bond and benevolent support form for New Covenant community. This is nation planning, state planning at a, at a greater scale than many people can even conceive because they've been uh, duped and deceived into believing that they're doing something that is great. And I'm not going to say that it's not great. It's great if you're getting the results you're looking for. But most of us cannot afford to invest monies into organizations. When we have families and we are ambitious to come out of this hellhole called poverty and things are getting worse in the economy, because the economy is so volatile, you can't expect anything from it to cater to you unless you create something for yourself. You have to create your own annuities. You have to create your own uh, insurance ideologies. You have to create your own lines of income. We always suggest to people at least nine different forms of income. That's going to be in your lesson seven. It's called nine forms of income. I don't know how much of your lessons you got now, but in lesson seven, you get nine forms of income for new covenant members because if you have these nine forms of income, most of which you don't even have to spend money on to make them, and then when you make the money from the ones you don't have to spend on, you use those monies to invest in the ones that you need money for. It all makes sense when you go through it. You want these nine forms of income because once you have those nine forms of income, you have so many passive streams of money coming in, you can actually invest because according to Investopedia and Forbes, the 5%ers are not the people that are the uh, poor righteous teachers and uh, cream of the universe first people that, you know, black man and all that. No, we're not talking about that. According to them, the 5%ers are, are the people where wealth begins that are making $150,000 or more a year. 
if you're making $150,000 or more yet, they say that's where wealth begins when you can actually invest safely. If you're making less than $150,000 a year, it's not too safe for you to invest because all the ebbs and flows and undercurrents of this economy, one day you can be up, the next day you can be down. You wish you never invested that money because the turnaround time to get your money back from that investment that also entailed the risk may not suffice for you to be able to stay alive and pay your rent or your other social obligations. So they say the 5% are those who are making at least $150,000 a year because that's where wealth begins. And, of course, it will be subject to change in another 10 years. We have to take all these things into consideration. Understand the environment. Understand the playing field that we are in. If you're a rapper, understand that 70% of the music that gets purchased now is downloaded. And considering how easy it is to bootleg or rip people off from being able to buy or purchase anything, understand that uh, uh, what's those things? Ringtones are making quite a bit of money. Ringtones is, is new to the paradigm of music. So what I'm saying is you have to understand the environment you're in. They say Mayweather is scared of Pacquiao. No, Mayweather fired his previous manager because he realized he was paying the man entirely too much for something he could do for himself. Part B to this conversation. This manager now has other boxes under him, one of which is named Pacquiao. He promised that he will never let that man that he fired from being his management, he'll never make him make that much money off of him again. So when Pacquiao wants to fight and he wants to fight, he said, no, you can't get 50-50 because I know the percentage that's going to go to your manager and he'll be making money off of me again. I'm willing to give you $40 million, and that's generous. But I know when you make your $40 million, it's going to be cut towards the manager that I refuse to ever make that much money off of me again. The man understands the business that he's in, so he knows how to thrive. So I'm saying you have to understand What's going on? You have to understand the atmosphere in America right now for you to truly thrive. It's a very powerful thing when your eyes are truly open and you have newly found cognition of how to survive. Can you find out all the rumors about white people? It's a hoax. It's mythos to keep you incapacitated with fear. We can do this. Oh, we a, just lack the knowledge to do so. That's, that's right, because that's all game right there. That's all game. I mean, I... It's for the life of me, I can't understand why the family can't understand that. I make over 90000 a year, and I know I need this. You know, so anybody who has to do that should be running to it. Should be running to run it. Running. But I'm ready, I'm ready to run. I'm ready to run. Ain't no doubt about it. Yo, I can't wait to get out with you, brother. You get out there for Chicago Grand Opening. Make sure you shake my hand, confirm that you was on the radio. Let's talk. But uh, oh, be absolutely. there early, man. I'll... Come there a little before 2 o'clock. We'll be ready for you. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful auction, man. And it's a beautiful thing that black people are conducting it, man. And it's a beautiful thing nothing going to be sold to people for 30 years on a mortgage mm. with interest I'll, times two or three. I already know. That's why I'm bringing my 13-year-old son so he can bear witness to this. Yes, sir. I appreciate that, my brother. Let's uh, do it. I appreciate everything that you do. I let other people ask questions that they need. Uh, but thank you for everything, and I appreciate you. Join New Covenant at newcovenantplus.com. NewCovenantPlus.com. If you're interested in joining our community and learning more about us, you can join, activate your membership online, or you can call our office line at 347-600-7066. We have about five or six different lines for five or six different things. So even if you call the line and it's not the line that pertains to it, they'll forward you to the line that you need. Never be uh, too shy to text if the phone doesn't get picked up. Uh, we try to send out a mass email to as much as uh, supporters, and members as possible to let them know of all the different mediums that you can connect with through different emails and through different phone numbers. But nonetheless, when all else fails, 
shoot a text to 347-600-7066. That's the main office line. That is not the book line. If you have book inquiries, you go to 347-433-0153. I'm telling you that number because that when you call that number, they'll forward you to the number that deals with the books. I don't have that number in my head right now because we just hired some new people to deal with it to keep the uh, efficiency of the publications at an all-time high. We just had a new administrative change with the books, with uh, status correction caseworker assistants. So now we have caseworker assistants. So uh, the caseworkers themselves are not overwhelmed with uh, touching base with people all the time. We have the uh, new cabinet, sorry, irrevocable private trust assistants. So there's a newly found administration. And when that first headquarters get launched, they'll be helping out quite a bit with a lot of the administrative elements of new cabinet as well. Shout out to the people in Chicago. They show me a great deal of love. A lot of them are coming out for the event this Sunday just to support it, and so we can play basketball this Tuesday. If you're a member of New Covenant, uh, I'm inviting y'all by my house this Tuesday so we can um, play ball in the gym. The trip has the gym, so I want y'all to come through, and let's make it happen. I got the Jersey Crips ready to play ball. Let's do it. The Chicago boys is coming out. They sound like New York still in the playoffs, and they bump, so they want to try to do it in real life. In real time, so we, you know, we'll put them down easy. We gonna make what it happen. So they'll be out here. So this coming Tuesday, before Wednesday class, after this Sunday's class, this coming Tuesday, you come out to PA and check me out. We gonna play ball, have a good time, man. And then my wife and I'm gonna cook some food so we can break bread. The house is big enough, so we are gonna have a lot of fun. Yo, you brought up an interesting point. You know what I'm saying? What's that? Miami about the need and the necessity to celebrate, you know, or well, first well, to create your own heroes and then celebrate them, irrespective of irregardless of what everyone else says. Like, take this brother, yes, for instance, Floyd Mayweather, number one on the Forbes list of top entertainers, okay? Or athletes, for that matter, right? He manages Hero. his own affairs, okay? He took control. Now, yes. For people that have never been involved with, with the management, they don't understand how significant this is. I was around yes. Mike Jackson when he was being managed by Shelly Finkel when he did the Showtime deal. So I was physically around the Showtime people that made that deal with him. Those are some of the most scandalous, four-ton, you know what I'm saying? Like these are people that you don't want to be in business with if you're not on your A-game because they are yes. in business to part of my friends to fuck you over, family, big time. Yes. You see? So see this man take control of his own affairs, business-wise, and be on top of his boxing game. Yeah, I seen him eating McDonald's and the, and the ghosts on the way to the hospital after the fight, but I'm not holding that against him right now, okay? <laughs> I hear you. He's winning. He's doing something right. He's applying himself. You know what I'm saying? I have read the information about Dr. Dre. I already got two inboxes with people telling me that's sacrilegious and, you know, how can I hold up a man? Ah, man. Come on. Yeah, already. We ain't even get off the show. You know what I'm saying? The people are starting with their bickering. Oh, shit. It's crazy out there. They look sad lives out there, man. They depressing, man. Keep going, brother. I appreciate what you're talking about. Yeah. Give me one second, all right, y'all? That's just the truth right there. Mm-hmm. You got to understand the atmosphere in which you're thriving in. 
And you cannot be spiritually sound and economically depressed. It can't happen the same way. You can't be so spiritual that you don't understand how to give money. Because the whole concept of having spirituality and being the most spiritual people on the planet Earth, we're supposed to have a one-up over everybody. The spirit is the magic to make you thrive in this society. So if it ain't working out right economically, if you don't have as much as resources as you need that you feel you need to thrive or to fulfill your mission on planet Earth, then you are spiritually ignorant at that point. And it's okay. That's not a bad thing. But you have to bear witness that you're spiritually ignorant and you have to find out what is it that you need to tap into that is already accessible to you by way of your own divinity and the gifts you was born into this world with. What is it that you have to learn how to cultivate within yourself so you can have the resources that you need to thrive in this lifetime, in this form of existence, to better enable you to fulfill your mission? That's all it means. So I'm not knocking nobody on whatever level that they're on. But I had to admit to myself at one point I was full of shit. I was able to drop all sorts of high science to my wives, and they look at me like, nigga, they sound good. But you running out of time. We about to be out. <laughs> you know, you are about to convince us that we are in poverty for some mystical reason. You know, you got to come up with something, bro. And we love you, so we patient. But you got to say something that's a lot more practical. And I say, you know and what? I had to go in the room and admit to myself, I was full of it. You know, I was using spirituality as a medium to get away with not having. I was hiding. I used the conscious community. And I became a weirdo for a while. I was hiding and I was running from my shortcomings. It happens. A lot of people do this. You know, you was nobody in the other world. You come in this conscious community and now you're somebody all of a sudden. And you're using it as an escape route as opposed to using it to encourage you to have more drive. So I'm saying it happens to everybody. I'm not knocking nobody. Everybody has used the conscious community at one point or the other when you first got conscious to convince yourself that I don't need no money. You know, poverty ain't that bad. We got it, we got it twisted because of the way people teach. We started thinking that this was our skate route. You know, I can go to church and I can say I lost my wife. Someone can say they lost their car. Someone can say they lost their house. Some niggas say he just lost his keys. Everybody love you. Jesus love you. You know, especially when you lose. But those who have, they ain't good enough for the church. You know what I'm saying? So this is what we're dealing with in the conscious community. This is another brand of church. You see multi-denominations that don't deal with each other, that don't speak with each other, but they all praise and worship the ancient Egyptians and the Moorish Renaissance. You know what I'm saying? It's another church. It's another religious community filled with groups of uh, sects or factions, denominations, that all say they're about the same thing, but for whatever reason can't get together. It's just the same thing. You know, we just talk a lot more than the other people. That's all. But the only thing I can give to the religious institutions, they're more organized because they're making more money. We are the same religion that they are, but we're making less money. So you ain't seeing as much as progress. We can't be afraid to make money. But, my brother, I want to hear what you got to say because you were saying something. Uh, and it was interesting because you was expounding on something pertaining to Mayweather as well as people that are in uh, the business to uh, right basically extort you for that matter and how imperative it is to to know what genre that you're thriving in to protect yourself. You know, I, I love that kind yeah. of information. I want to hear have, something because it sounds like you was about program. to something I need for motivation purposes. We're going to have a program where we create our own heroes for our own reasons, okay? Yes. And they're going to be inclusive of 
you know, some of your number one boogeymen like uh, Jay Z, <laughs> and, and we'll give somebody a platform maybe on a Saturday or Sunday where you could throw stones and rocks at all of the negative things that they've done. You know, I personally think that Jay Z was used as a pawn, a political pawn, or aside of Sh- Shakur. I think you know, for that, uh, kind of very clear for me. See, in terms of how I see they working at esoteric before magic, I understand all that. But I also, by saying that, I can't exclude the fact that this is a man that owns the masters of his slaves, and his slaves are his recordings. You know what I'm saying? So. He's a master in that right. You know, these are very rare individuals in regards to the accomplishments that they're making as businessmen thriving in this particular era epoch, and we don't take no time out to acknowledge them. I think that that economically stifles what it is that we want to do, you know what I mean, in regards to coming through and doing phenomenal dynamic things. Where our heart is at and what we intend to do with our accomplishments makes us who we are. We are not to hold somebody else in regards in which when you wake up and look in the mirror, you don't see Jay-Z. You see yourself. So hold yourself to those regards. You can't hold your right. to that. He came in this thing selling crack. You knew that. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And made no, made, made no apologies about it. So your expectations are, like, kind of in the wrong place. People. Yo, Twin, you know how deep it is, Twin? You know how deep it is? People all the time ask me. Yo, how come when you get up with Twin and y'all get on that radio, y'all have a tendency to big up those Illuminati rap cats? Don't you know what they be teaching? Because, you know, I'm not one to tell you I support Jay-Z and uh, I support 50 and them. I support black greatness, you know. I don't have to take the negative. I take there's some positive that came out of them. Because if I don't support them, I'm a hypocrite because I was doing some grimy shit myself before I got right. It wouldn't be right and it wouldn't be fair. And if you disrespect everybody that made errors, in their inception, then we wouldn't have nobody to support us. If we treat Malcolm like that, we would have no Malcolm because we would have shunned him. At some point, when do we forget? If you mad at these people because you feel they're not supporting the community, how is hatred for them going to encourage them to help the people that's begging them for their help and service? You have to show these people love, and, and maybe they'd be plagued in their consciousness if they're not helping their people. You know, we we, we got to stop hating on black greatness. There's something you can find that's so great about is, those brothers so that saying, you can look up to, man. Make it into I the same it. room as them so you will personally know whether they're willing to support something that is forward and innovative when you present it to them. Then you can walk away and say, yo, homie shot me down. But until you get into that same room where, like the brother said, you can pitch your ideas on some Shark Tank shit, like, how is he going to know about what it is that you're doing that needs the finances that, that you need? Like, when I saw 50 Cent sell vitamin water, I had wrote a note to myself saying, you know what, one day I'm going to sell water. That inspired me to do what I'm doing now, but I said I'm going to do it different. I'm not going to have the harmful sulfides in, 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 in it, you know what I'm saying? And I don't really dig the vitamin thing, so I'm going to go the mineral route. He inspired me to be creative and think on the next level where I'm able to build and add on. So if I take him out of the equation, then that's taken out. You feel me? What it is, what I was, and I was in the industry at the time, but I still was utilizing my content. 
you know what, when I make my contribution, this is what I want to do. And I ended up doing that. Wow. So, and I'm telling you, 50, 50 taught me how to tell my story, and Mayweather taught me how to be a promoter and how to get people who don't support you to support you, okay, just by showcasing a certain aspect of your demeanor or projecting a certain element of your ego and how in the reciprocal, how it may uh, cause people to be pushed away from you how it may also compel the people who hate you most to support you. You know, I learned that from him. And then, Jay, I, I learned the humility of a black man to learn from any race and, and have anyone as a mentor and not lose yourself. Because in every interview, he'll still tell you where he come from, every interview. But this dude is over here chopping it up with Bill Gates. He's chopping it up with Warren Buffett. And you may say, man, you, you, you feel Jay because he's, Chopping it up with white folk? No. I feel his courage to be able to do it. I feel his courage coming from where he come from and not being worried about who's going to criticize him when he keeps their company to learn what he needs to learn to continue to thrive. All the Illuminati stuff, I don't know if it's all true. I don't even know if most of it's true. I don't know if any of it's true. I don't even live in these guys' homes. The only thing that I do know is that the numbers is right and what they're making. The only thing I do know is that these guys are uh, people just like us who never envisioned that they would have clothing companies, boxing companies, energy drinks that they own, uh, partial owners of the team. Jay-Z is like, yo, I'm thinking about giving up my uh, New Jersey Nets shares. I'm selling them. Why? Because now he's getting into the management and endorsements. Now he's like, yo, he can't do the endorsements and management at the same time while being a partial owner of the team, of uh, the Nets. So it'll compromise uh, the laws and compromise his abilities because he will also have to at times promote people that are not in the better interest of Brooklyn Nets marketing. So he's looking to sell his shares because the decision that he's making is now what I'm going to do, I'm going to get all these guys commercials and endorsements. So, hey, I may not have been able to bring LeBron to the Nets, but I damn sure can get some of that LeBron commercial money. I can, I can get these guys endorsed because I created a lane for myself as Jay-Z that the other companies didn't create. Because, you see, the companies are good worldwide and known, but Jay-Z is known worldwide on a more intimate scale. People feel they know him. They've listened to his music. They can recognize his face. A company with a logo don't have a face. So Jay-Z's like, hey, I can market you because I already have my own fan base world over. So I, I got something over these other guys. Okay, I know the audience. I know what they like. I know what they appeal to. And I got the facts to prove it for a career and albums every year that go platinum, the most ever in history. So I, I read these type of things. I'm, I, I listen to the music here and there, but I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in what they're doing business-wise, and I start realizing who's the real bosses. And the decisions that they make are preparing me for decisions when I get there. But, and it's coming from brothers that never knew they would be in those positions to turn down a Def Jam job, but to pick it up at one point, to pick up a partial owner of a basketball team and then to turn it down at another point because there's another opportunity there. You've got to appreciate this, man, and say these are people just like you who never seen it coming, but when the opportunity presented themselves, they never used their background as an excuse to meet the miserable status quo of the conscious community that would judge them as they excel. He, it takes courage 
to not follow what everybody says. It takes courage for me to say I'm not uh, appreciating that white man doctrine that people spilled over to me because I don't see no growth in it after all these years it's been spilled over from generation to generation. It takes courage for me to be able to make a decision like that, knowing people were telling me, yo, you're going to lose some of your fan base, man. If you say that white man ain't the devil. I had cats in the community, if they listening, they know it's them. People that you... uh, uh here from time to time trying to teach or come up or whatever it is that they're doing, they called me and said, yo, you want to think about that twice, bro. You know, you don't want to lose the people that's listening to you. I'm like, yo, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm the new movement right here. I'm, I'm like, I don't need this conscious community. I create my own conscious community, and and we have our own teachers in our conscious community. We have our own Luans. We have our own Yamas. I treat New Covenant like it's a record label in some respect, and we it's not about it. New lane for yourself, man. So I said, if the conscious community ain't receptive to it, we create and devise our own group of people that are receptive to it, and in that group we find the people that excel exceedingly, meet and, and go beyond our expectations and beyond their own, and will challenge themselves day to day, which is to say, to continue researching and studying and, and developing and cultivating and mastering their craft, so that in turn. That our new covenant community becomes an, an analogy, a record label, and as far as the fact that we start signing our own artists, marketing them, and promoting them instead of albums, making books, we publishing them. You know, uh, Nick Yama's book. I'm the writer. Uh, you know, I was used to write the book for Nick Yama. Okay, put my input in and everything. Same thing going on in the industry. Same thing I'm doing in the community. You understand? We publish uh, King Simon's book. For Brother Luan's book that came out, I sat there and helped put the book together. It's his book. His name is on it. But I'm doing what they do out there. You know, 50 of these guys have books. But, you know, someone sat there in the background and helped him put it forth. Not that he don't have the, the genius to do so, but someone with the capabilities to see the project meet its maturity stepped in. And that's what we're doing here. So uh, people say, you can't get married unless, you know, you do it the American way. I say, who tells you these things? We can do it whatever way we want to do it. Uh, but what makes it right? When we say it's right, if I get a group of people say this shit is the right way, then it's the right way. If I write a scripture and people say, yo, it's my scripture, I don't know what people say, then it's a scripture. Like, what, since when do we need permission to be for real? Since when do we need permission to be actualized? You know what I'm saying? Well, since when we need permission to confirm who and what we are, and what is it that we do. We ain't got to ask nobody permission to be creative. We ain't got to ask nobody permission to accept what Red Pill and Blue Pill bring to the table. And Blue Pill say, yo, uh, it's so go right now. That's what we're doing, and it does all these different things. I don't, you know, it's, it's my decision to say I don't really need him to have on a lab coat and, and, and try to give me the impression he's a scientist. If the man teach me something and he say, yo, you know, this is what that goal do when they get in the body. I, you know what? I trust them. I feel the spirit. Let me try it out. Yo, I ain't going to front, bro. It did something for me. You got my vote. And that's all it's going to be, man. That's all it's going to be. I don't need what they told us we need. They created that so their system could thrive. They create the spookism around their certification so they can survive. It's a hustle. They're going to create all of that. Yo, he don't got this degree. Then, you know, you can't trust, you know, uh, the information that's coming out of him. You do know that, right? Come on, that's the G, man. You know how much people, look at the NBA. It's filled with a lot of people that can play basketball. But tell the truth, there's some niggas in the hood that smoke weed and drink before they play and will wash a lot of those cats up in the league. So what you telling me, and it's not the same way on an academic scale, that uh, the people with certificates and all sorts of degrees 
wouldn't be washed up in a debate by one of us that just be chilling over here, reading a book or two, watching TV, going to a club. Yeah, I mean, some of us are some real brilliant people, and we ain't got no degrees, man. I mean, not to blow my own horn, pause, but, I mean, I'm only the dude that wrote 79 books and speaks seven different languages. I'm like, shit, like, you know, I dropped out at 10th grade, and I ain't had no parents after age eight. At the commence, when my age eight commenced, I was out of both parents, and I was homeless three, four years from that time for a good year and a half, showering in other friends' house, still trying to do school until that didn't work out. Like, what people talking about? Locked up for murder and, and pumping drugs and clip superior and all this other stuff, and they come here this day, a progeny of slavery? Uh, people stole our language. Now I speak more languages than the progeny of the people that stole it from us. Okay, people made sure we couldn't know how to read. Now I wrote more books than the generations that are linked to the people that made sure we didn't know how to read. How is it I'm writing more books than the white race that play a hand in making sure that we were illiterate? They should be ashamed of themselves. What do we worry about them people for? They should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> Look, look what they did to us, man. We done found a way to use YouTube and all. My man's and them is getting over a million hits on their blog talk. We turned this shit into Hot 97, man. They're doing numbers damn near. Hot 97, man. You got to think about it. Think about it, man. This shit is crazy. Y'all, y'all cats are amazing. You know, don't let people convince you someone got more power than you. How could you take a blog? Let me explain something to you. You know how much money the people on Hot 97 are spending versus... How much money y'all are spending on blog talk? Don't you understand that eventually blog talk is going to have to raise their price and make it difficult for us? Or Hot 97 is going to have to get them a blog talk? Do you not understand this shit? Because they say, how the fuck these cats is just using little cheap media and turn it into a major syndicated program? And we over here paying thousands of dollars and millions of dollars, and they catching up to us off of $250 a month bill or some shit. Yo, you gotta see, only black people can pull it off, man. Only black people can pull it off. And then they're rapping at the beginning of their show. Then their commercials are selling their products. They're getting a million views. And who's hating the most about it? Black folks, man. You supposed to see that and say, yo, I'm inspired, man. I'm inspired. Yeah, when I hear that, when I hear y'all talking about the hits and the amount that y'all getting, and I hear the music at the beginning, and, yo, I say, yo. I feel so proud to be us because you know what? Yeah, we got the shit treatment for years. But look what, what, what we did with a little bit. So imagine when we get a little bit more paper. Just imagine. Look what we do right now. Look what we do right now. They can't with fuck no with us, man. Nah, I'm proud of being who I am, man. I'm proud, yo. <laughs> I'm proud, man. I'm so proud of y'all. I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of it. But just the conscious community in general, they need to give themselves more credit, man. They need to stop giving this dude so much credit, man. They need to really give themselves more credit, man. They are stealing. They are, they are, they are donating their birthright. That's like, what they're we doing. They are just stolen. We donated. When we get to these calls, we got a lot of hands up. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> going in, but I definitely... Night. I'm driving. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> don't pull a, <laughs> a four-hour show on us. Thank you, caller, for the 702. Uh, Brother Polite will definitely be getting in touch with you. We're going to go right to the 757-768. Greetings. Peace. Welcome to Know the Ledge. All right. We're going to go to the Cosmo 
Peace. 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 Any external trappings, right? It's the internal trappings. Indeed, I give authorship to uh, of the stigma that has plagued our people to the Caucasian. I don't think any any intelligent individual would dispute that. But yeah, and like you said, you put it together in words that are perfect. You know, at one point, at some point in time, you have to be able to throw him off your back because in Chinatown and every major city across this country. And even though the Chinese were oppressed, they, you know, they, nothing held them back. You see what I'm saying? And it's the same yep. for every other ethnic group. Now, I sat back since the 80s. I've seen the Vietnamese come over here. You know, what it is, you have to take what you need. And eventually, they'll let you have it. Yep, you got to take it. <laughs> yeah, you have to take what you need. So, you know, I'm, I don't have any more to add. Other than that, I mean, I, I, I feel the brother, you know, he, he's using a very uh, potent tool to controversy to, 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 bring his, to bring his point across. Yes, sir. Indeed. You and I heroes, man. We're going to start the show off shoot. You know what I'm saying? Thanks, brother. That I consider to be, you know, even a superhero with what he does. You feel me? And we got to start yeah. putting our, our light. You know what I'm saying? Because um, somebody's doing the work, they they definitely need to acknowledge and stuff. No doubt. Brother no Cosmo, if you want to stay on, just hold on. I'm going to go ahead and open up another line so we can I get bet. the callers lined up. All right. All right, let's go to the uh, 323. Got Callie in the building. Call from the 323-798. Peace. What's up? This is Dwayne Mooney. What's up? What's up? What's that's, up? All right, that's what I'm talking about. Let's get this Mooney, this Mooney money. Man, I'm just sitting up here having, I'm sitting up here having orgasm after orgasm after orgasm after orgasm. I'm sitting up here tripping. Brother Polite is off the chain. You know, I have never heard him. I have never heard him speak. I've seen his videos. I have never heard him speak. He, wow. you are off the chain. I ain't never heard no brother talk like you talk. I bear witness to the truth. You are a genius. For you Thanks, to put man. together money, economics, with critical thinking, and knowing who you are, and at the same time, self-development, you're like... You're like the new the new frontier which every black man and every black woman has got to be about dealing in America and dealing in the world. I mean, everything you're talking about, you can go to all these white seminars dealing with the self-development and motivation, and most of them are gay who are doing it. They just act like they're men or act like they're women. But they're talking that talk about uh, mindset and how to make this money, but they never deal with the truth. 
They never deal right. with society's truths. Mm-hmm. That's still right. a pitch. And what you're doing is fucking amazing. I ain't never, you know, I ain't never listened to the man listen to nobody talk for over an hour. You know, when Dick Gregory talking, I got to leave and come back. And that's my man. I love Dick. When Dick say, when Dick say, as I leave you today, I know we're going to be on for another two hours, so I'm going to take a juice break. But my point is, what you are saying is, like, so relevant because it's solution-oriented, but yet you're attacking the victimhood or victimization of black thoughts. And it's amazing, brother. I just want to say thank you, thank you. And like I told you on your Facebook, you have worked with our father, Paul Mooney. You have worked with our, our mentor, Dick Gregory. We getting close to you, brother. We getting pro- pro- We have got to work with you. Because I know you funny, too. And for you to work with Dick and Paul, you've got to be hilarious. So I love it. How about KTL put that together? Oh, you know that, brother. Yeah, we're going to make that one right there pop. So my question to you, my question to you, this is my question. How do you, how do you go from social movement to basically success principles and make that transition so quick? How do you do that? How can you care so much about black people, but at the same time be uh, economic? How do you how do you, how do you how do you have so much energy to do both and be in both places? I know you're a Gemini, but how are you how are you able to do that? Well, I'm a Leo with Gemini ascendant, so oh, you're Leo okay. on, on the money. Gemini okay. ascendant, but um, the the thing is with this, the way I manage to maintain the love for the people and still uh engage in economics in the way in which I've been able to do so is because it's probably give you the drive, man. And like I told people before, when you see Floyd Mayweather fighting and they say, man, he's he's phenomenal. Or when you look at uh, 50 Cent doing his thing in the industry and he's practicing everybody, you say, damn, but he made a living doing it. Or you look at Michael Jordan and you say, damn, that dude always seemed to make the shot. It's, there's an element there, and that element is the fear of poverty. So for one, the, the drive, the instinct, the grit, the grind, as far as making the money, is because I'm at a point where I was blessed. Here go with the love coming. I was blessed with my first wife, who I've been with for 16 years now since March 9th, all right? And I was blessed with someone who cared for me more than I cared for myself. And she worked two jobs and gave me one of her checks just so I could stop hustling. When I found consciousness and I came across Dr. York, started reading his holy tablets, I told her I don't know what to do with myself, but I know I'm, I, I need to stop hustling, and I, I, I just got to figure myself out. You know, I tried to get a job, couldn't get a job for the life of me. She said, I'm going to get me a second job. Two days later, she had a second job. I said, some shit ain't right, man. I got to read books about why it's hard when they can get a job. You know, got a job across the street from the other job you had two days from the time you said you're going to get another one. But the point is, here's a woman that could have left me because as far as I was concerned, I'm a deadbeat nigga. I don't got no money because I ain't hustling no more. That's all, that's all I knew how to do. I ain't gangbanging no more. I'm falling back. 
I'm just reading books, and my, my money that I had stashed is running low. And I know what's going to happen when it runs too low. I'm considering to do my shit again. She said, I just came back home again, and she was like, look, I love you. I'm going to get a second job. I get my whole second check. Like, get the out of here. You ain't going to do no shit like that. I'm like, because she was kind of hood, man. She wasn't kind of hood. She was very hood. You know, she loved it with me. She, you know, we all crazy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm in that, she had a perm in the head, all that. And, yo, she went and got that second job. Here's a hood chick at that time. I seen her as a hood chick. Here's the uh, the rolling of the eyes, the neck moving, you know, like a snake, and uh, cursing me out, even hit me when she mad. I got to try to pace myself because it feel like it's mad energy, so I want to hit her back like a man. You know what I'm saying? But then I know she's a girl. But, you know, I'm in the hood. I'm like, yo, man, you fucking touch me again, bitch. It's going to be something. I was a bad nigga, man. I was very different. I'm just keeping it 100 to tell, to be truthful and honest with you, all right? Because I don't think like this no more, but that's how I felt. So I'm taking myself back there so I could be, so I could bring you where I was at then. And when this same so-called hood chick, uh, uh, gang-affiliated, affiliated with a gang member, girlfriend of mine, would go and get a second job and give me her whole check every week, month after month after month. And believe me, if I needed a little bit more money because she wanted to see me in a good pair of iceberg sneakers, she'd take from her other check and just work hard. And I ain't never seen that out, no sister in the hood. I said she want me to stop hustling so badly that she will take time out of her life and work a second. 